Blog Talk Radio. Happy first day of spring. Happy NCAA Tournament Eve. Welcome into another episode of Cats Talk Wednesday. Finney Hardy here outside Knoxville. Traveling TV, Terry Brown. How you doing up there in Louisville? I'm doing fantastic. You know, I'm uh, all over the place, but uh, for the first time in a couple of years, I'm going to take in the first couple of rounds of the tournament. Uh, at home, so uh, I'm I'm excited about that. Uh, I know we're going to talk a lot of basketball. I was there in uh, Nashville this past weekend. Uh, got to talk about my Sunday night too, which was a pretty fun, uh, pretty fun event. So you know, I'm ready to dive on in. Absolutely, absolutely. It is already time for the tournament to get started. SEC tournament concluded. We'll get into all of your details and encounters covering that uh, and the Sunday as well. All eyes are on Jacksonville. Cats are down there. Members of the media are headed down there. Uh, the status, uh, the eyes of Big Blue Nation shifted from the status of Reed Travis and his knee now to P.J. Washington and his foot and boot. And Abilene Christian will be the opponent. And 7:10 will be tip time. Uh, basketball wall to wall for the next several weeks. It is the Kentucky time of year. It is already here. Uh, Kentucky getting set to make that tournament run and try to bring home that ninth NCAA title. So lots of fun to be had. Can't wait to hear about all the things you got into being down in Nashville last <laughs> weekend. Feel free to give us a call, everybody. As always, the number is 845-277-9373. I also want to apologize. Last week we had technical difficulties and unfortunately weren't able to be on. Computer Wi-Fi was acting up at first, got that straightened up, and then if it was something with blog talk or what, but just weren't able to get everything lined out to be on. So sorry that we weren't here talking with y'all last week. Before you went to Nashville, because we would have had fun, you know, anticipating all that. Hey, we weren't able to do that. Happy to be back in the saddle again this evening. And it's uh, tournament time with Tier TV. And, and as always, uh, you know, the, the excitement about spring, the excitement about hoops is high in the Commonwealth each and every year. Yeah, this is this is a time of year. Is as our boss man Cameron Mills says, nothing matters until March. Uh, I don't subscribe to that belief 100 uh, percent because I think the regular <laughs> season still has a little bit of weight uh, to it. But uh, honestly, uh, I can understand where he's coming from because if you're going to come to Kentucky, the understanding is if you're going to be remembered, 
you, you've got to put a banner up in Rupp Arena. And we all know that for a banner to go up, it's Final Four or better. So the, the task is laid out uh, for this team. You know, they've had a great season. Uh, you know, uh, Kyle Tucker for The Athletic wrote a great piece about how the team rebounded from that opening night loss to Duke. I mean, we've talked about it before. That's the kind of loss by 34 that can derail your season. You know, that kind of loss can just, you know, that can erase an off season of promise. Uh, and this has got to be up there with one of Cal's best coaching jobs because it wasn't so much X's and O's as it was getting their head right, getting their their minds right on what they still need to work on uh, without kind of harping on that opening night humbling loss. And, and I agree with that. This has been just a great season uh, to be right back and among one of the favorites to win number nine. So it's been a great year, uh, and I'm excited. Uh, what, what's going to start, you know, tomorrow night about this time, uh, give or take a little bit. Uh, hopefully it's the run to number nine. Definitely, definitely. So we're going to talk a lot of hoops, uh, as you would expect. <clears throat> we love talking that anyway, but this is the time to do it. We'll, we'll step aside for a second in about 20 minutes or so. Friend of the show, Edward Perez, will be on with us. Uh, he is out there in Southern California. First time we had him on, we were talking about Shohei Otani for the Angels, who was going to come in and, and play the outfield and pitch. Great hitter and a great pitcher. So he was out there getting the pulse of that. We talked that with him last spring. And just yesterday, Mike Trout got paid uh, $430 million contract over 12 years. We're going to talk with him about that. He's an Angels fan, goes to games, he's out there. And, of course, we'll talk hoops with Edward as well, fellow Kentucky fan. So we'll just sidestep just for a minute, talk a little baseball. It's already been opening day over in Tokyo with the A's and Mariners playing. So we'll get the the vibe of that with Edward and then, of course, talk hoops with him, get his thoughts on the Cats. Eight four five two seven seven nine three seven three. of course, is the number to call. And we also want to tell you who helps bring the show to you. That, of course, will be our friends uh, at Smoky Mountain Trader right here uh, in my studio in Morristown, Tennessee. Your graphic needs, ads, classifieds, they're the number one red reader in the tri-state area, southeast Kentucky, southwest Virginia, and here in Tennessee, 12 counties in Tennessee, Lee County, Virginia, Bell County, Kentucky. Lynn Earl is the man to talk to. You can give him a call, 423-587-1700. Go to facebook.com slash Trader. S-M-K-Y-M-T-N, Trader, and they can take care of all of your advertising needs. You can buy, sell, trade, appliances, you know, any type of item you want to list or any type of item you want to find, you can find it on there. They're also in print and online uh, as well at thesmtrader.com. You've been talking about the bracket challenge. You've seen us put it on the Facebook page. You've been seeing TB and I tweet it out. We had the co-founders on a couple weeks ago, Balto. We're doing the Cats Talk Wednesday bracket challenge. Playbalto.com. 
We've been tweeting out a link that can just bring you right into the Cat's Talk Wednesday pool. First there was the pool name and access code. Now you'll be able to get right in. Sign up through Facebook, Google, Twitter, any of those messages, your email. You can get right in there. We already got some uh, players joining in, got some family members, got some friends. Uh, got Coach Josh Hurt from the KY Sports Guys. He's up in there. Still waiting on TB to jump in there. I ain't seen you yet. You know, see you in there so well, we can go head to head and, and go, you know, battle it out. It, and, and we're going to talk about, I know we're going to go through our brackets a little bit, but here's my thing. The South region, and I tweeted this out yesterday, the top four seeds, where it's Virginia and Tennessee and I think is it Wisconsin in there. I can't remember the well, – uh, Purdue, Purdue like, and Kansas the top, State. Like the top five seeds, I've got zero faith in any of those seeds coming out. So, basically, the winner <laughs> of Cincinnati and Iowa in the first round is going to the final four because I've got zero faith wow. in any of those teams. So, uh, it's, it's the South region that's tripping me up. I know we're going to get into that. Uh, a little bit more detail, but like I'm just looking, I'm just thinking, wow, wow, like, do I really have faith in Virginia? No. Do I have faith in Tennessee? No. Do I, you know, am I always going to root against Wisconsin? Yes. You know, Kansas State. Yeah, you are. You're, Kansas State is on that list. And what is it about Kentucky fans? Yeah. If a team puts out in the tournament, they're on the list. They're just on the list. Like you know, Marquette's done a couple <laughs> times. They're on the list. You know. Uh, <laughs> you know, whoever beats Kentucky uh, is UConn, bad list. UConn, yeah. Oh, UConn's been on the list. Yeah, UConn's on the list. Yes, sir. You know, <laughs> the only team I don't think that people have jumped on the bandwagon, like Syracuse put us out like in 2000, I think it was. But that was just a small payback for the 96 championship, so it balances out. But some of these other programs, exactly. it just it, you got to go. You, you just, Kansas State. All I knew about Kansas State before last year was Mitch Richmond, and now they're on the list. Like, I can't root for them at all. <laughs> no, seriously. You know, Kentucky fans going through the bracket, like, mm-hmm, I remember this was a close game, you know, with this team back in 1982, so I'm not picking them. Uh, maybe I'm by myself, but that's how I feel like my bracket sometimes, is, is how did this team keep us from winning a championship? Like, Arizona, you get no love, Arizona. I, I ain't forgotten 97. <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Michigan State, 9905, you got to go. <laughs> That's it. We got a, a new sponsor as well, too, that we got to mention. Um, our friend Aaron Huff up there in northern Kentucky, up in Florence, is sponsoring the show. Huff Law Office, and definitely want uh, to mention that as well. I'll get the information so you all can learn about Huff Law Office as well, taking care of my neck of the woods uh, in eastern Kentucky where I was born and raised. Uh, Are you facing foreclosure, repossession, wage garnishment, tax issues, or mounting credit card or medical debt? You may need a bankruptcy. Call Aaron Huff at the Huff Law Office today at 859-647-0713. With an office in Florence, Kentucky, provides representation for Covington, Lexington, Frankfurt, and London Division. If your finances are rough, call Huff. You can get more information at HuffLawOffice.org. 
uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Huff Law Office. Uh, same thing on Twitter, uh, Huff Law Office. You can give our friend Aaron Huff a call, and he can take care of your needs. He's up there in Florence. Friend of the show uh, said he was thinking about jumping up in the uh, bracket challenge as well. But any of your bankruptcy needs, Huff Law Office, hufflawoffice.org uh, to find out all you need to know from Aaron Huff. He'll take care of you. Actually, there was a review uh, on the Facebook page, Huff Law Office, talking about how caring and professional Aaron was, helped this individual and his family through a rough situation. So if you find yourself in a similar situation, you definitely want to get in contact with Aaron Huff. So HuffLawOffice.org, Huff Law Office up in Florence. And, And he's a Kentucky fan, and he's a Chicago Cubs fan, and he's a San Francisco 49ers fan. So he's got a lot of things working for him well, uh, as well. So definitely reach out. If, if things are getting rough, you got to call Huff. I, I love that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So um, appreciate all the sponsors helping bring the show to you. Uh, definitely very, very grateful. About 15 minutes from now, we got Edward Perez jumping in. We're definitely going to talk hoops with him, but just get a little bit of the vibe out there of Mike Trout cashing in. And, TV, let's go ahead and jump into it, man, because I've been excited to hear about <laughs> your travels. You went down from Louisville to Nashville, uh, spent some time in the Music City covering the Cats down there in the SEC tournament. So, man, just, just hop on in, and, and we'll follow you. Uh, until it's time for Edward to come on, and then we'll jump back to following your story after we talk for Edward to Edward for a while. Well, 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 Friday was great. You know, drove from Louisville down to Nashville, not that far, just a couple of hour drive to get down there uh, and everything. Uh, so the media parking was at, and I can't even think of the name of the stadium. What's the name of the stadium? The football stadium. Nissan Stadium now. Nissan, Nissan, I should, yeah, because I got big Nissans right out front. So Nissan Stadium, home of the Titans. <laughs> and so you park media and you get on the shuttle over to Bridgestone Arena. Well, I get on, you know, this is Friday morning, and a lot of other media folks have their credentials already on. So I said to a guy, he was an Auburn uh, writer, covered Auburn. I said, you know, do you mind showing me, you know, where to get your credentials? And he says, let me get. You're here to cover Kentucky. And I said, well, yeah. He said, and let me guess, you just got here. I said, yeah. He said, now, you Kentucky people need to realize the tournament starts, you know, <laughs> before you all get here. I said, well, you know, for us, it doesn't start until Friday, but I got you. He said, you know, he said, I'm not even mad at you Kentucky fans and, 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 and folks that follow the Cats because, you know, you've earned the right to be a little smug, you know, when it comes to the SEC tournament. I said, okay, cool. So get there. It's it's Friday. Uh, it's great. This is my first time covering the SEC tournament. Uh, the the big drink sponsor is Sunkiss. I need to put that picture on the Twitter and Facebook page. So back in the media area, your options to drink were Sunkiss and Dr Pepper and I, and water. And I said, you know, it doesn't get more SEC than this. You know, so I, all I needed was some Golden Flake potato chips. Uh, but it was great. Uh, watched a little bit of the games beforehand. The LSU-Florida game was fantastic. It came down to the wire. Uh, all South, South Carolina-Auburn was a great game. 
But then it came down time. It came time for uh, you know Kentucky to play Alabama, and and because the Cats get uh, you know a little bit of revenge for that that misstep back in January, and then so my phone starts buzzing and it's you, and then it's my friend Ralph, <laughs> and then I ended up with about I don't know fifteen sixteen messages. Did you know that Magic Johnson is at the game? And I'm saying, why is Magic Johnson even here? You know, what what is Magic tampering doing in the SEC? He, look, he's tampering with the SEC. He was – I didn't mean to cut you <laughs> off. But he he was at the OVC tournament to see John Morant. He had to tamper with that. And he's got to come and tamper uh, with the SEC. So we, you know why he's in Nashville. You know he was going to tamper. <laughs> so, anyway – so I'm like, okay, I'm watching the game, but I'm like, magic. And I, I don't know if I said it to you or somebody. I was like, well, where is he? And somebody said courtside. I'm like, I'm courtside. Like, give me, like, because I can't, I'm looking right now. And Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country, who is, we, we're joined at the hip for a lot of these things. We're both looking. You know, we're watching the game, doing that. Time rolls around. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go get me some more sun kiss. I'm going to get some cookies. So I go. And, and, and like all these events, you kind of have to – you leave the court, you have to wander your way around and all that kind of stuff to get back to the media area. And so I'm looking, coming back to uh, get my snacks, and I look up, and, you know, and it takes a second because he's, he's got an entourage. I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's Magic Johnson. Like, you know, you see, like, it took my brain a second or two to, like, calculate. That's Urban Magic Johnson, you know, 20 feet away. So he's got his people around him. I've got my hands full. Couldn't get a picture. So he, he, he's, he's moving around. Like, hey, Magic. And he says, hey, man. And then, you know, goes down, you know, <laughs> wherever the VIPs go. <laughs> and I almost so didn't even that, text you because when the camera panned on him, I was like, oh, it's Magic. And then part of me thought, well, TB has already seen him, has already run up on him and, and crossed paths with him. And then I tweeted you, and I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't have tweeted it. Then I was like, let me text him anyway, and that's, that's why your phone was blowing up. Because I was like, knowing you, you'd already seen him, but I was like, I'm not going to not let you know that your boy was in the house. Well, and, and, and the thing is, everybody knows Jerry Rice is my number one, okay, uh, when it comes to athletes growing up. But Magic is my number two. You know, I've said on this show, I've said on Twitter, yet as far as Lakers go, Magic is my guy. Magic is my number one, you know, he's my, he's my guy. And so it was just a, a chance meeting. Uh, you know, again, I'm not saying that we were, we're going to be best friends and all that, but it was pretty cool to, to have an interaction with the Magic Johnson. I mean, that was just. That's right. So the rest of the game was fine. Hey. You know, the Cats won and all that. But. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I that's, met Magic a, that's like if Dominique, if Dominique Wilkins was there, I'd have been the same way. You know, that's that. You know, Dominique Wilkins, Dale Murphy, any other '90s Cowboys, same thing. I, I, I know exactly how you feel, um, and I don't want to jump in to, and just cut you off again. But um, we got Ever coming up in about ten minutes. I see we got a caller on the line, and they are en route to Jacksonville. So let's bring them on. We got Michelle Brown. Headed down Jacksonville Way. Spit on the line for a minute because we've been yakking for a minute and had to get some talking in. 
But Michelle, how are you doing? Appreciate you calling. Hey, Benny. Hey, TV. How in the world are y'all? Doing fantastic. It is perfect traveling weather today, and we're just now rolling through Chattanooga. Uh, We have discovered there's a whole lot of people that don't think it's necessary to actually look at the road while they're driving, but we survived (laughs) uh, three really close calls, but we're, we're fine. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, yeah. good thing it's not raining because you those close calls would have been even closer, and you just had a parking lot encounter, so that's the last thing you would have needed heading down seventy five thousand. Oh, I mean, I tell you, in that parking lot encounter, that was like I was already backed out of my spot and in the aisle, was putting my car into drive, and then I look out of the corner of my eye, and I see this SUV just barreling. And I hit my horn, and he just kept right on until he went bam into the car. And I looked in my mirror three times. I'm like, well, apparently a mirror that was facing another direction here, as I could tell. But anyway, yeah, that was Monday. This is Wednesday. Life is good. Going to cover the cats. I'm excited. Can you tell? I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> Glad you got good weather. Going to be fun down there. Going to be good weather down there. Scratching the bucket list item off your list, so like you can't. That's win, win, wins across the board, Michelle. Well, it is, and uh, uh, well, I had a thought that went right out of my head because a rock just hit our windshield. That was a lot of fun, boy. This is, <laughs> yeah, boy, we're we're having a grand time. But uh, I was going to. I remember now. I was going to agree with uh, Terry with his assessment on the South region. Because there was no way I was going to bring Virginia out of that bracket because they've never proved that they can do it, and I'm not going to fall for that again. And it just burned my soul to have to put Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's no way I'm I'm doing that, so I, I'm right there with you. Uh, I wasn't going to put Kansas State because it's the, it's the NCAA tournament, so I was not going to give them the the honor of that. And since Tennessee got the SEC, uh, you know, beat us in the SEC, even a blind squirrel will find an acorn occasionally. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, and down here having and, – and, well, with, with Auburn putting it on them the following day, that that kind of cooled the, the heat that I caught because, you know, they – they thought they won the championship Saturday, basically. And we can flash back to our Cowboys and 49ers days, Terry and Michelle, you being a Cowboys fan like myself. When the Cowboys, whoever won that NFC title game, they did not go on to lose the Super Bowl, even though that NFC title game was the championship. Tennessee yeah. was not able to, to finish it out. You know, they thought they won the trophy yeah. Saturday. Yeah, and and I'll I'll talk about that a a little bit later just because that was the feeling when a lot of – when we left the arena on Saturday was – I think I said to Sean and and Randy uh, Newman of Big Blue Express, we were talking and just watching Tennessee and their fans, and we all said, Auburn's going to beat them. Like, Auburn is going to beat them because (laughs) – They've, you know, they have given up the ghost to beat Kentucky, and and so I tweeted this out. I can't remember when it was, maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday, but you know, people always talk about 
Cal when he says, we're everybody's Super Bowl. And a lot mm-hmm. of people like to make fun of it and all this kind of stuff. But let me tell you, I watched the, the uh, Fab Five documentary, uh, you know, Jalen Rose and the, and the Fab Five, right? They beat Kentucky in the Final Four in 93, right? You know, Mashburn fouls and all that kind of stuff. Jalen Rose mm-hmm. and Jimmy King and Juwan Howard, they all said they weren't ready for Carolina the next night because they had beaten Kentucky. And they went yep. to the Final Four focused on beating Mashburn and Kentucky, not winning the national championship, right? So then uh, I, I also referenced uh, the, the Nolan Richardson documentary they had on SEC Story, you know, 40 Minutes of Hell. And it talked about yeah. uh, what he had done at Arkansas and bringing Arkansas into the SEC. And what did he say? What did those players say? When they beat Kentucky in Rupp Arena, they then knew we can compete for a championship. So mm-hmm. all these fans can have their snide remarks about what Cal, and I know Cal can go overboard sometimes, but beating Kentucky in general and beating Kentucky in the SEC specifically means something. And as we saw, I mean, we, we've noticed this trend throughout the, throughout the ages of Kentucky basketball. Like Alabama beat Kentucky early in the year. What did they do the next game? Nothing. They get, they get rolled. You know, the guy that hits six threes against us doesn't hit six total threes the rest of the season. People play out of their minds against Kentucky because it means something to beat them. And, that, and this my exhibit A would have been this past weekend – with uh, with the SEC tournament. Well, I, that's basically what I told uh, my pastor Sunday at church after the service was over, and he had made a comment somewhere. Where it, obviously, the sermon was going a little bit long, and it was Communion Sunday, and he said, and he recognized that in his way was to say, well, "Now, don't be looking at your clocks. It's not like you got to watch a game at one o'clock today, anyway." And we all kind of chuckled. <laughs> so after the service, I told him, I said. Well, no, I don't have to watch the game, I said, but I have, to, but I kind of have to because it's going to be so rewarding to see Tennessee humble because Auburn's going to spank them. I said, it's not even going to be close. And he kind of laughed. He said, I don't know, Tennessee looked real hot. And I said, because they play Kentucky, they think they can just show up, and because they beat Kentucky, that magically Auburn will fall by the wayside, and that's not going to – say just like you did, but you could see it coming a mile away. You knew – they had already thought they, they had anointed themselves the champions. And they have a team that's that rare for Tennessee to be that good and to be number one for six weeks. And then and the, when all is said and done, not only not win the regular season, but also not get the tournament title. Auburn double whammy them. Right. And, and I, I'll tell you this, though. It's the atmosphere for the game was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, because we, we all said sitting there, imagine if Tennessee was good all the time because it was still the majority Kentucky fans there, and I don't know if it showed up on TV. It was still majority blue. Oh, it did. There was, a, there was a lot of orange, and I'm like, this is a fun atmosphere. This is pretty cool. Because it, it translated time, very well on TV, I thought. Yeah, yeah the, the Tennessee, every time the Tennessee band struck up Rocky Top, the Kentucky fans would drown it out with Go Big Blue. And I'm like, if you are SEC Commissioner uh, Greg Sankey, you want this. I just saw the TV numbers, 
and it was like a 70% increase uh, over viewership of the SEC semifinals uh, from last year. Uh, if you you want somebody to be good and to is to take it to Kentucky, that's what's been lacking in the SEC. And if Tennessee can be that foil, all the more better. But by the same and token, Tennessee's got to win a championship of some sort, or it's just kind of hollow. If you ask me, that's my two cents. Yeah, and and what that what Tennessee being that good has done this year. It's what Kentucky Louisville was supposed to be, except Louisville just became so totally inept at playing basketball against us. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that's I, true. Because Tennessee has won four out of the last six. Unfortunately for Kentucky, last year was the SEC championship game, and you know they, you know, took two out of three this year. So yeah, that's that does kind of make sense. So if you put it in that small window, they got a little something to hang their hat on, even though they're still waiting for their first SEC tournament title since 1979 when Terry and I were like a year and a half old. Yeah, well, uh, that was the year I graduated high school, but I didn't want to point that out because it means I'm older. (laughs) I don't know what. But anyhow, I know you all got uh, Edward coming on here any minute. I just wanted to call in and say, hey, talk with you all a minute. We're in Georgia now, so... So oh, life is good. We made it past Ruby Falls, and now they want us to see Rock City. So we'll know we're making progress when we see the signs to the Ron John Surf Shop. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. You're not going to hit Atlanta at rush hour, so that is good. And keep on having safe travels on through the night. Uh, and be looking forward to seeing all the good stuff you post and tweet when y'all get down here. Well, thank you, guys, and uh, I'll keep listening after I hang up. Y'all have a great show. Thank you, Michelle. Uh, Thanks, Michelle. Absolutely. Okay. Michelle Brown, at Forever Big Blue on Twitter, heading down Jacksonville Way, covering the first round of the NCAA tournament for Cameron Mills Radio. So uh, picking up where you left off last week, TV. Well, and, and let me just uh, talk about this. I know Edward's getting ready to come on, but how yeah. cool is this? That just a few years ago, we were all some folks on Twitter chatting around, and now you and I, we're doing cats talk and covering games and going to tournament games. You know, I was just sitting back just thinking just how cool this ride has been. You know, uh, I'm going to talk about Sunday. Uh, later on, just, you know, you have to pinch yourself. And let me also say that Michelle and Tina are heading down to Jacksonville for the tournament. How did I get stuck with Boise last year? Let me just, let me just share that out a little bit. <laughs> Boise was nice. But man, I, Jacksonville would have been not that bad either, but they're going to have a good time uh, bringing, bringing us coverage from, from deep down, uh, you know, in the uh, down there in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. So it all starts tomorrow with press conferences and practice, open practice. It took place today and, and found out PJ might still play. We'll talk about that as well. But as promised, we'll, we'll shift gears real quick. We got another friend of the show on coming to us from SoCal, out there in Southern California, Orange County, Anaheim, Angels of Anaheim, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim country. I butchered that. 
Edward Perez is on to talk a little basketball, but first got to talk some MLB because Mike Trout was in the news. Welcome to the show, Edward. How you doing, sir? Doing great. How you doing, guys? Doing, doing? good, man. Doing good. Doing good. How you it's doing? raining again. It's raining again out in here. Su- in Southern California? It's amazing. We've had a great season. We've had a great rain season. We're we're over our uh, our annual high, and uh, I don't know if you've been watching the news, but I think it was Monday night ABC and Tuesday night CBS had a story about a place called Lake Elsinore, and there's these rare poppies that come out when there's extensive rain, and um, and they just right about 15 miles from my city of Corona. They just sprout up along this eastern hillside, and they've been having problems with traffic because people pull off to the side of the road to look at them, and they just can't control traffic. And it's amazing. We've had over 16 inches of rain this year, and now there's a little fun, a little thunder rolling through. So it's beautiful out here. It's green. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. That's, you'll take that every spring that you can get it, right? Yeah, we will. We'll take it. Well, man, we definitely appreciate you hopping on. It spur of the moment, you're a friend of the show. It's uh, hard to believe it's already been a, a year or so ago that we brought you on, and we're talking Shohei Otani and, and all the hype and excitement that was coming because he was going to play both ways. He was going to pitch and play the field for the Angels. Uh, we talked about that. Then we had you on to talk some World Cup soccer, and now we got you on because – Huge MLB news from your neck of the woods again because the Brinks truck backed up in Mike Trout's driveway the other day to the tune of a 12-year, $430 million extension on his current contract that will keep him out there in SoCal for the remainder of his career. And what's what's everybody thinking? Did everybody see that coming? Did people think he was going to the Phillies? to join Bryce Harper. What was what was happening out there leading up to this? Yeah, there was a lot of indecision. There was there was some hope, but we were worried that it was going to go Bryce Harper and that he was going to get um, to the end of September and something, you know, he was going to linger and, and then be part of the free agent market. But out of the blue yesterday came this, this uh, information about a potential signing which ended up being you know, which end up happening, and we are overjoyed because, you know, it's been a long time since the Angels have won. They haven't been in the postseason since 2014. Times have been lean, but every time you go to the ballpark, you have the chance to see something special. Mike Trout, and it feels great to have him with the team probably for the rest of his career, and um, we're just very excited. You know, we're very excited, and it's a new season. Uh, Brad Osmus is the manager replacing the uh, Mike Sochi, who was with the team, I believe, for 19, 20 seasons, uh, got them their first world title in 2002, and um, still some rebuilding to do on the pitch end. Uh, Otani's scheduled to come back, hopefully in May, from his Tommy John surgery, and they're saying that he's going to be primarily a DH, um, but, I mean, the guy had hit for 285 for 22 home runs and 367 at-bats. He's special, and he may not pitch but end up playing DH, but 
we don't care. Just get his bat in there. He makes stuff happen too. So, you know, it's going to be, you know, it gives, it gives hope to the future and it locks up who I think is uh, a franchise once in a generation player. And we're very happy. We're overjoyed. Talking with Edward Perez, Mike Trout is looking to be an angel for life. Just got a new, technically an extension, but a long-term deal to to keep him there uh, in Anaheim. Now, I did hear, I heard some, you know, sarcasm, some, you know, shade, whatever you want to call it. I heard some, I don't know if it was a tweet or a radio show, said the first thing Mike Trout should do is buy out Albert Pujols. Now, do you guys see it that way, or, or you know, how y'all feel about Albert, who is getting later on in his years, uh, still making a ton of money, but how do you still, still feel about him going into this season? I still think he's got some good productive years. Um, you know, he won't hit the 40, 120, uh, 310 average, but he's a good force in the clubhouse. He's a leader proven winner um, uh, as long as he stays healthy. You know, he's, his ailments have been lower body, leg, uh, ankle, foot injuries, and things like that. Uh, never the big runner, but still a good leader in the clubhouse, a good guy for the young guys to to emulate, and, you know, his productivity will still be there. And And I think that you can't just let go somebody like that. You have to be realistic and, and know he's not going to hit the way he hit seven, eight years ago when he was with the Farmers. But he gives right. you production. You know, he does that. And, you know, you, you just got to go with it. It's a decision they made um, five, six years ago. And um, it hasn't produced what we hope to, which is at least a title or two. But, you know, he's still a, a very good player, a solid player. I think he's 36 or 37. And so, but, but in baseball, you can still produce, you know, you can still make an impact and he does it both on the field. and the That's, that's definitely true. I tweeted out the other day and I was, you know, I made a silly gif, but gif, whatever you want to call it. But I really thought this, I was surprised based on Harper getting 330 million over 13 years. I was surprised they were able to lock Trout up for under $500 million. I thought, I mean, because I mean, Harper's, Harper's good, but Trout's on another level. Was 430 kind of what everybody thought? Is that more or less or right about what everybody was thinking when they heard he was going to sign? Because I thought he might creep on up closer to five. I mean, he's close, but I thought he'd be five or maybe a little bit more. Yeah, realistically, I was thinking four fifty five hundred. I was thinking that for uh-huh. for that term of deal. You know, I was thinking we may get. You know, we got to three hundred with Manning Machado. You know, uh, Harper got <laughs> yes. his three thirty or three hundred forty mil, and you know, four hundred was for sure. It was just a matter of where you mm-hmm. going to fall in that range. Four hundred, five hundred thousand, and we thought more and more as the thing was going to go further and further. It was getting get close to that five hundred million mark, and you know, but it got signed, and we're all happy. And you know, when we looked at kind of the revenue, uh, revenue compared to re- uh, or contract compared to revenue, I saw yesterday where 
it was about 0.3 of revenue over time that contract. And when Alex Rodriguez signed his big deal with the Yankees in 2008, it was 0.7. So in a sense, it's kind of a bargain, you know, that yeah. it's going to be 12 years, you know, 0.3 of revenue. That's not bad. That's not a bad deal. And uh, they still have some contracts. You know, they still have, I think, for another couple of years, money they're paying for uh, Josh Hamilton. The guy they signed back didn't work uh-huh. out. I think he's got two years left in that contract. So, you know, they'll get some relief there. And, you know, for seven in, seven, in five years, I think they'll get Pujols' contract off. So it'll, it'll work. It'll all work. So they, they'll still be able to have enough flexibility to kind of put some more talent around him. This isn't – what you're saying is this isn't going to just strap them and, and paint them into a corner by locking Trout up. They're still going to have wiggle room and flexibility, right? Yeah, they'll have probably have some room to, to maybe get a, a mid-free agent, you know, a mid-free agent or two per year. You know, not not a big player uh, but, you know, somebody to fill in some gaps and maybe a pitcher, which is where they need the help. They need the help in starting pitching and the bullpen. Um, but in terms of maybe, you know, not not a guy like Kershaw who might be coming up in a year or somebody like that, but maybe a good mid-free agent you could sign for a couple of years and develop the young guys. But this is definitely a great thing for the future of the Angels. And is I mean it's Austin's first year, but is there still a little bit of pressure because Trout is you know the this generation's Mickey Mantle, maybe even better Hall of Famer already, already won some MVPs, runner up in the MVP race multiple times already, could have five or six MVPs. Is there pressure to get him to the postseason while he's still young? He's only made it one time. Is is this year? A rebuild year, or is it kind of let's let's win now, let's make the postseason, let's make noise in the AL West? What what's the situation Austin's is kind of walking into from a, a win loss production standpoint? I think this is a year to make noise and get close. Um, I know that Houston runs that division. You know, there were you know World Series champs years ago. Uh, got to the ALCS, lost to, lost to Boston. Uh, they're by far the best team in, in the division. Yeah. Uh, one of the best, probably one of the best four teams in baseball uh, with the Yankees and Red Sox and Dodgers. But I think that this year will be a setup year for 2020, and 2020 will be the big push year because I think Houston's going to have some guys that are going to look, and they're going to be a contract extension and, uh, a lot of their young guys. So, um, but I think this is the year where they kind of put things in place, maybe make a run, get deep into September, make some noise. But I think 2020 is going to be the year where they're gonna, really going to need to step up and make a presence and step up and, and get the playoffs. Good stuff, good stuff. I'm definitely going to talk catch with you here in just a second. But i got to ask you, because after you were on with us last spring, you went on and, and was doing some radio leading up to the World Cup. You joined us again to talk World Cup. Uh, are you still moving and shaking, doing radio out there with the San Diego guys and the Southern California guys out there as well? Yeah, I do a couple spot-ups on uh, Premier League. Um, we got 
and 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 the best thing and I think this is the one this is the hidden gem of this summer. After we get through we get past the tournament, the hidden gem this summer is gonna be the women's world cup. And you know there's no better following than the United States of America of following a winner. Our women are the defending champs. They're going to France to defend their title and I remember we all had a ball with the 2015 World Cup, and I think a lot of people got exposed to women's soccer. Well, women's soccer in four years has picked up, especially in the European end. And this 2019 Women's World Cup, which captivates the country, the youth, the girls, the women, you know, is going to be just off the wall. And and it's going to be just – it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be a one-month trip through June and July, and uh, – be ready, guys. It's going to snap up Twitter. It's going to snap up social media. It's it's going to be it's going to be the story of the summer. Oh, now my, my girls now we watched that last World Cup pretty pretty intently, and not just the American teams. You know, we would tune in for you know Sweden versus whoever. You know. Uh, so I'm excited. We're going to sit down and, and hunker down and watch a lot of those games again. But you're right. Uh, when it comes to Americans, we love winners. And when it comes to international competition, there's, of course, the, the men's basketball, the, the women's international basketball, which hasn't lost in whatever. And then there's uh, probably the women's gymnastics team. But right up there has been the women's uh, national soccer team, which, you know, if they haven't won, they've been right in the mix you know, for the last, you know, going back 20 years or so. Yeah, they have been. And, uh, you know, they won the World Cup when we had it here in the U.S. in 99. And uh, ever since then, you know, that's been a dominant team. And they're always in the mix. And, you know, teams from France and England are playing great. And, uh, you know, you've got Brazil, you've got Japan. Canada's really, really um, it, it's going to be it's going to be great, you know. And I know it was hard for uh, a lot of you know fans, casual fans, to get into the men's World Cup because the U.S. didn't qualify. But you know, like like you know, TV, get ready. Summer's going to be summer soccer, summer women's World Cup. It'll be on fire. It'll be on, it'll be straight fire. Absolutely, because I just remember Carly Lloyd's performance. In the championship game, she had a hat trick, I think, before halftime with the last goal coming almost from midfield. So, uh, if I remember correctly, you know, I'm getting older now. But uh, so that kind of thing, it, it's fantastic. They've got great personalities. You know, it was it was great that Abby Wambach kind of got that, you know, that, that, that goodbye championship. But there's still a lot of great uh, women players on the team. So, I'm excited. I, I, I'm ready to dive on in. And to your point with the men and to, um, you know, and, and yours too, Terry, about, you know, wanting to see winners and people kind of losing interest when the men's national team didn't qualify. I think given a little bit of time, Greg Berhalter, the new coach, will, will kind of have that rectified as well. What do you think, Ed? Yeah, I think so. I think they're going to, you know, they're going to gear around a lot of players. And the best thing about it is that a lot of the young players, gentlemen, uh, He's going to go from from Dortmund in uh, in Bundesliga, which is the top team, 
and he's going to be playing. He's going to be playing on loan next year, Chelsea, which is one of the top five teams in in England. And our players are going overseas to play, and not just playing. They're playing on great teams. They're playing in great. They're playing in the top level leagues in in Europe. And also, we've got good young group of guys playing in MLS, and MLS is gaining improved. And I think we're going to be ready. And I think they'll be back in 2022 and ready to go and ready to play. And the only adjustment is that's going to be in the fall. That's going to be November, December. So, you know, the rub is, of course, that will be played while NFL and college is going on. So, so that's something to look forward to, you know, especially the U.S. A younger, uh, more aggressive U.S. team gets into play. They will um, they'll get some options. And, uh, you know, and I think they'll they'll make a good showing. I think they'll qualify. I think they learned from, 20, from 2017 to 2018. They'll be there. Talking with Edward Perez. Check him out on Twitter at 1965Eperez. Before we let you go, Ed, just got to get your thoughts on the Cats as the NCAA tournament kicks off in earnest tomorrow. No disrespect to the play-in games yesterday and today. Uh, I, I love the draw. I really do. I look at that bottom half and I see that we can get out of there. You know, I mean, you're right what you guys said about uh, what Michelle and you guys talked about. The yes, everybody looks at Kentucky as your Super Bowl. And, you know, Alfie Christian, if we get Wofford, I think we're going to get the second round. They're going to come hard. You know, but I, I look at it as not winning six games. I look at it as three two-game, you know, two-game series. And we got a good draw. We really do. Um, I see Houston three. We can beat Houston. Um, I, I think my path is Wofford in round two. I saw Iowa State coming in round three. Um, I see them getting past Houston. I'm not sure about Houston. Iowa State's a good team. They won the conference tournament. Uh, they beat Kansas on, on the top half. I see a North Carolina-Kansas uh, matchup in, in the uh, Sweet 16. And, and the thing about Kansas is they're not where they are every year. Every year they're a one or a two, and everybody expects them to say, when are they going to choke? When are they going to crap? This year there are four. They're playing with house money. Nobody expects a lot from them. You know, and especially with that uh, with that regional being in Kansas City, if they draw North Carolina, they're going to give them a run. And that's going to be a definite pro-Kansas crowd. And, you know, we may play a Kansas, we may play North Carolina. But the thing about North Carolina is we've already beaten them in a neutral site. So, uh, that's a good draw for Kentucky. And I know a lot of years we say, we get a hard draw, we get a hard draw. You know, why do they look at us? I think this year's a great draw. And I think this team can go to Minneapolis and do damage. Absolutely. We're going to continue to dive into it uh, as the show progresses. But, man, thank you so much for hopping on. Spur the moment, you know, once the, the Mike Trout news hit. Uh, appreciate you taking time out to talk about that. And, of course, you knew we weren't going to have you on without talking about Kentucky and the NCAA tournament. So, thank yeah. you. And By the way, I got, I got, so well I got to lay in my picks. I got to lay in my picks. I got Duke. I got Duke, Michigan, 
Tennessee and Kentucky. Tennessee and Kentucky, a fourth dance, a fourth dance this year. They're going to go. They're going to go one semifinal. And TV, if you get the draw to go to Kansas City, you tag me. I was there five weeks ago. There's some good barbecue you got to hook up, and there's there's a nice place right from the Sprint Center, about half well, I should walk a distance from the Sprint Center where the regional will be held. So if you get the draw, you know, with Cameron Mills, you got to go to KC. Hit me up. Yeah, man. I, I got. Let, I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag uh, because I was able to do the first uh, round a couple of times. I was able to do the regional a couple of times. I'm on deck for the final four. Ooh. So I've already got everything go. arranged. The cats make it to the final four. That will be my bucket list. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. I'm. I'm waiting on. So cats make well, it gotta, to the final I, four. I'm. I'm there. I am there well, and I, I am, I gotta, you know, ready. I'll get you some tips. I got a high school friend who lives up in Minneapolis, so let's, I'll let's hit her up. And, uh, <laughs> it, I'll get you. I'll hook you. I'll, I'll get you some bookups for some good places to hang there. Okay. I appreciate it, Edward. Thank you, man. All right. Take care, bro. Take care, baby. Take care. Have a great day. Hey, thanks, Edward. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate it. Edward Perez. All things SoCal covered. Yeah, he's well versed. Comes on, talks World Cup, Cats, uh, Chargers, you name it, Ed can talk it. Uh, and look, y'all are right there. We have Bob Kendrick on talking barbecue in Kansas City, so that's definitely the spot to hit. And you uh, are on deck for the Final Four, so that's cool. You know my dad will be up there, so you'll have to bump into him. He's heading up that way as well. So, uh, and, and you know, and I'm like I said, two, I've been fortunate to to be able to cover you know Kentucky at various stages of the tournament. You know, and I, I don't want to ever say that covering Kentucky uh, is a bad thing because obviously it is not. You know, it's not it's not bad at all. Uh, but just I, this year, I couldn't make Jacksonville work, and, and luckily, uh, uh, Tina is going down for Voss Views. Michelle's going down for uh, Cameron Mills uh, Radio. Uh, Hunter is, is, I believe, he's set to go. Uh, I believe he's set to go to Kansas City, and now I'm just waiting on deck for TB to do the Final Four. That's going to be the crown, the crown jewel thing. So if I'm going, they have to win. Because I'm not going into a losing locker room with Kentucky losing the Final Four. I'm not doing it. I'm not it was mm. it was tough enough uh, going in there after the Tennessee game this past weekend. But uh, <laughs> but 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 seriously. So I'm looking forward to that. I hope. Obviously, I mean, I, I think it should go without saying. I hope they do make the Final Four. I think they can make the Final Four, and more importantly, I think they will make the Final Four. So I'm I'm looking forward uh, to that. Yeah, and and my side of the bracket, the Midwest and the South, is the the same as, as Edwards. I got Kentucky Tennessee round four coming out of there as well. Uh, I see your point about you know that region, especially with Virginia's infamous history. Uh, Villanova isn't the same Villanova. Um, Cincinnati is playing in Columbus, and and honestly, if it's Tennessee, Cincinnati in the second round. I wonder. I wonder if 
Cincinnati fans will even roll up the hour and a half or two to Columbus for that. I wonder how many fans they will actually have. Uh, they're a bit of an under-seeded seven seed. I just, you know, even though they're in their backyard, I just wonder how that will be. If those two teams match up. Uh, we'll definitely get into all of that. We'll get back to your adventures in Nashville because I can't wait to hear it. Got a couple questions and then parlay that on into Sunday. We'll talk brackets. Go ahead to playbalto.com and jump in our bracket challenge as well. Take us a quick break with some classic Aretha, and we'll be right back on the other side. Cast Talk Wednesday, Vinnie Hardy, Terry Brown, Brown and Hardy Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back, welcome back. Cast Talk Wednesday, Vinny Hardy, Terry TV, Traveling Brown, Nashville <laughs> to Lexington to home again. Uh, taking a little bye week, but gearing up because it's, it's your time of year. Uh, the Boise <laughs> Adventure last year, the Atlanta Adventure. So you, your time, you rolling in and, and hitting the road and going from city to city covering the cats. So, Looking forward to the action starting, you know, 12 noon to midnight, Thursday, Friday, you know, for the next three weekends. It's going to be tons of fun. Um, once again, thanks again to our sponsors. We mentioned at the beginning, uh, 
Smoky Mountain Trader, and Balto, playbalto.com for the Bracket Challenge, and our newest sponsor, Huff Law Office, uh, hufflawoffice.org. For your financial needs, if your finances are rough, uh, call Huff, as mentioned. If you need a buzzer beater to stop a foreclosure just before the sale or need a good defense to prevent foreclosure, repossession, or wage garnishment, call Huff to put the pressure on and get the stock you need to successfully move forward. HuffLawOffices.org, 859-647-0713. Office is there in Florence. Florence, y'all, providing representation for the Covington, Lexington, Frankfurt, and London divisions. Give our good friend Aaron Huff a call. TV, we was chronicling your travels. You talked about your encounter with Magic Johnson. Uh, and I'm glad others were texting you, letting you know as well, because, you know, you don't know how many chances you get to be in the same, same time, same space. Somebody you grew up cheering for and watching. So you told us about that. Um, got into some of the Alabama game, and of course we'll get into the Tennessee game. You got more about that as well. My question, though, first, because from the small town that I grew up in, Lynch, Kentucky, traveled to lots of big cities as a kid. Got family in Atlanta. You know, we would be to Cincinnati. We go to Cleveland. You know, went to Disney World. So that was Orlando. We had Bernie Bickerstaff on. He was talking about how, you know, him and my dad, Johnson City, Tennessee, was a big city to them. So it's I like talking to people from a city about other cities. You born and raised in Louisville, biggest city in our state. You talked about when you went to Chicago how the pace is different, how Louisville is a city that you said that you can, quote, still kind of mosey in and not – have to be in such a mega hurry when you compare Louisville to Chicago. As a Louisvillian in Nashville, is Nashville a Mosey city, or how do, what is your perception or view of Nashville being a city dweller all your life yourself? Uh, I mean, Nashville, obviously, is a bigger city than, than Louisville. It's a pro sports city, and, and, and that's what I tell people about about Louisville, it's, it's a triple-A city. Uh, and where Louisville runs into problems is, 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 is trying to be a major league city when that's not what we are. You know, that, that's the problem. Uh, you know, whether it's bringing the NBA or, or just different things that aren't going to quite fly with just how, you know, Louisville is. So uh, I enjoyed Nashville. I wasn't I, I did not go with the intent of, of partying there on Broadway. Uh, you know, there was a uh, I was there before the games on Friday, and there were a lot of Kentucky fans that were there. Uh, and then there were a lot more on Saturday. Uh, but I always enjoyed Nashville, going and hanging out. Um, uh, I, I think it's a, there's a different pace, but out to, what makes Nashville different than Chicago? It's a different pace, but it's still got a southern feel to it. And I know, mm. you know, Kentucky being the most northern of the SEC schools, but the South just has an identity. It's a faster pace, but the people are nice, you know. And so that's, that's mm. always been my thing when it comes to Nashville. 
in Atlanta and, and so you know when I go down south to Memphis and that kind of thing, it's, it's they're big cities, but they're nice. They're, they're, we're a little bit nicer down south, and there's a whole lot of more bless your hearts and and that kind of thing. So uh, I'm definitely a fan of Nashville. Yeah, and you you said Louisville is a triple A city. And Nashville, of course, now is a pro city. Titans been there for you know, twenty years. You know, Predators are there now, but there's, in the grand scheme of things, they're still a quote kind of young pro city. I mean, they didn't get pro franchises until we were almost adults ourselves. So, and I don't, I had never been to Nashville before they got the Titans. I wonder if it was. Had a more Triple A feel before the Titans, Oilers last moved up there in the late nineties. I wonder if Nashville kind of felt the same way as well. Yeah, and, and there was, and this has been an interesting conversation when you talk to old timers in Louisville that, and just using uh, sports as kind of a reference point, you know, the, the Kentucky Colonels had an opportunity to go to the NBA when the ABA folded and, and merged and took in the Spurs and the Pacers. The opportunity was there, but we did not seize on that opportunity. And so that's just one example of just how over the years where Kentucky has had the opportunity, or not not Kentucky, but where Louisville's had the opportunity to do some things that are forward-thinking, they haven't done it, and so now we're playing catch-up. We see uh, cities like Cincinnati, uh, like Indianapolis, like Nashville, that at one point, you know, Louisville was bigger than those cities. And and now Ooh. we've been kind of regulated to that triple A status and now we're playing catch up. You know, now it's it if you're got a pro franchise, uh you know, I was talking to one of the security folks there uh, uh at the Bridgestone Arena and they talk about just the impact the Predators have had on the city. You know, they had a Stanley Cup final run a few years ago. And how that's kind of enthused the city, you know, with the Titans being good uh, as well. That that kind of changes your output, uh, outlook on your city, I mean. And, you know, now it, it doesn't sound crazy for Nashville to be a major league team, to be, you know, it doesn't sound crazy for, you know, hey, if an NBA team is going to move, Nashville is a viable opportunity. They've got a fantastic arena. They've got the infrastructure for it. Uh, and, and everything like that. So, you know, they've, they've got the NFL draft uh, coming up next month in yeah. Nashville. Mm-hmm. So Nashville uh, and even Cincinnati to some extent uh, are moving forward. You know, a lot of people know the Cincinnati Reds, you know, the first major league baseball team. You know who was also around that time? Louisville <laughs> had a – the Louisville Colonel uh, had a team at the turn of the 20th century but did not jump into the Major League Baseball uh, uh, thing way back when. So we've had opportunities. And, again, I'm just using sports as kind of underlying the point of Louisville's had the opportunities to do some things, but just haven't, for one reason or another, they just aren't able to get things done. So at this point, I just don't see us making that jump. But, um, I mean, I love my hometown. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely uh, love it. But it's 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 just I don't think it's going to be a, a big time city along with some of those uh, other cities. And just catching up on the Louisville news, 
there by the zoo, took back took my kids there. What's the status on the sinkhole? Is is it stop expanding? Is it gonna be able to be you know, taken care of? Where's where are we at with that? Man, I tell you what, uh <laughs> I mean I, I, right now, I think it's at a at a, at a at a status quo kind of thing. But it's I don't know. Okay. There's there's a lot of things with Louisville I want to fix and get in the zoo. Fixing that sinkhole's <laughs> got to be one of them. So, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, as you said, there's a lot of stuff going on in Louisville right now. Yeah, yeah. And one more thing with Louisville, what is what is Cardination feeling? Are they up in arms, you know, because the committee, you know, does what they do. You got Richard Pacino and Louisville facing off at the high noon tomorrow, starting the tournament off. Uh, younger Pacino facing his dad's former team. They're still embroiled in beef and drama, and one of them is going home about Two thirty, three o'clock tomorrow. Are, are, are cars upset about that? Uh, does Chris Mack even care? What's, where's everybody at, or what's the vibe with all the cars people you, you know, encounter and interact with on a daily basis? Here, here's here's my thoughts on that, and I'm surprised. Number one, that Kentucky that we're not playing like Gardner Webb or Northern <laughs> Kentucky. Or you know, uh, been been there, done that. You know, Murray State. Well, I mean, think about it. In 2012, we start off with Western Kentucky. 2017, yeah. you know, we played Northern Kentucky in their first appearance in a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, 2005, we played Eastern Kentucky in the first round. Yeah. Uh, 2010, Louisville mm-hmm. played Moorhead when when uh, yeah. uh, uh, Ken Farini. Yeah, played play well. Uh, my only gripe is it always seems, and I don't really pay attention, but it just seems that Kentucky teams are only schools that have to do that routinely, right? That, that, that Louisville and Kentucky, if you look at their NCAA tournament history, we play a lot of the smaller schools a lot. And I don't see North Carolina playing UNC Charlotte or Duke playing UNC Greensboro. You know, you don't you don't see you know Texas playing Abilene Christian. You don't see necessarily UCLA playing Fresno State. You just don't see that. Uh, so I'm surprised this year that that didn't happen. That's one reason I was really happy with the bracket. Uh, but as far as Louisville, uh, this should end any any kind of realization or any kind of where the where the uh, the committee says pay attention to storylines. That's crap. That's crap. Of course they do. They they manufacture, they misseed teams to, to build. And my thing is, you don't have to do it. The tournament on its own will provide storylines. You know, we don't need no. Kentucky and Indiana and meeting in the second round in Des Moines. Like, we don't need that. You know, we don't need <laughs> this. Because uh, if you remember uh, back in 2002, uh, Kentucky and Duke, uh, for the 10-year anniversary of the Leitner shot, they were seated one and two to meet in Philadelphia. I mean, come on. You right. couldn't be more right. on the nose with that unless you wanted to. Uh, 
so, uh, you know, I think had Memphis made the tournament, I think at some point Kentucky Kentucky might be the one. Memphis might be that eight nine. I I, I just feel that that's going to be coming. So uh, again, you don't have to manufacture it. To me, it takes away a little bit of it. A lot of Kentucky fans, a lot of Louisville fans, didn't go to UK or U of L. A lot of folks went to Eastern. A lot of folks went to Moorhead and Murray uh, and what have you, Eastern Western. So I think you really you you hamper those folks or even Northern Kentucky that you and even Kentucky fans like myself that went to UK. I want to cheer on the Kentucky schools, but when you make us play in the first round, it's just awkward. Uh, it, 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 it's not it's not a good experience, I think, for anybody. Um, so with this particular game, uh, I think most Louisville fans aren't fans of the NCAA to begin with. You know, and, and for me, I think, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff they brought on themselves, obviously, you know, but the NCAA is going to do what the NCAA is going to do. You know, my concern is uh, the, the chairman of the committee talking about, you know, Kentucky – basically was not going to be a one seed at all. That blew my mind. Right. Like we like you know, even with a championship SEC tournament championship, like we weren't in contention to be a one are you kidding me? Like I I don't understand that at all. You know, had we beat Tennessee and beat Auburn, the one thing I think everybody gets frustrated about with the NCA selection committee is I, I don't think you, if you're one of the last four out I don't think you have a gripe. If you're, you know, with 68 teams and your team number 69 or 70, that's not a gripe, okay? You, you, you had opportunities to move up that line. I, I don't think anybody grapples with that. But when it comes to seeding and how teams are placed, it, it, is, it, is it quadrant one win? They told us that was the thing. It used to be the RPI. You know, what, what is it? You know, if Kentucky is leading the country in quadrant one wins, how are they not in the discussion for a one seed? That you know, beating Tennessee—that I, mean, I, I don't understand. That you'll have to explain to me. But for my money, I don't really complain about the seeding too much because unless Kentucky is dominant, and I mean '96 or 2010, uh, 2015, unless they're dominant. They, they kind of get the short end of the stick. People love to get on Coach Cal when he talks about that. Well, Kentucky, yeah, look, you look at 2016 where we split, you know, coach SEC champions with Texas A&M, right? Beat Texas A&M in the SEC title game and get a lower seed, justify that. Yeah. Please. You look at 2014, right. uh, you know, that team struggled. That team shouldn't have been an eight. There's no way we should have been an eight. And <laughs> talking about storylines, the team that everybody said was going to go 40-0, playing a Wichita State team that had the opportunity to go 40-0, come on. Come on. Yeah. You know, people, are, especially here in Louisville, you know, Kyle's always complaining. And I'm like, 2014, you know, it's hard to believe that was five years ago. No team has had to play an undefeated team the defending national champion, and the defending runners-up. No team in NCAA history has had to play the three teams, three of the four teams from the previous Final Four. It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. Come on. I, I, you know, I'm not going to 
you know, cry about or anything like that, but I've just accepted that's just how it goes. Unless we're great, we're going to get misbeated, which is, to my surprise, this year, I feel pretty good about it. I mean, if it's, Me if too. it's you know, Kansas we played Kansas City or UNC, I don't think that's a bad thing. I honestly don't. I feel comfortable. This is probably the best I felt about a bracket in a long time. So, uh, so I, I, I love it. And you did mention that Kentucky kind of gets the storyline stuff more than other schools. I mean, you know, Mississippi State could have been paired up with UCLA. You know, Ben Howland could have faced his former team, but that would mean UCLA would have to make the tournament. So, you know, the committee can only do what they can do. So <laughs> UCLA's got to get it together. I'm just saying. Yeah, and, <laughs> I'm, and I'm telling you, we'll revisit this if Memphis or when Memphis makes the tournament. If it's not set up for Kentucky and Cal versus Memphis and Penny, I, I mean, woo! <laughs> I mean, I, that that one's a no-brainer. It's, it's just a no-brainer that that matchup will happen. That's yeah, that's true. As as soon as they can work it, it's, yeah, that's for sure. <clears throat> That is for sure. Now, take us back to uh, the tournament. You, know, you talked about meeting Magic, covering the games. Just take us back to wherever you want to as far as uh, your weekend in Nashville and then rounding it on out to Sunday, man. Take us back and let us well, let the, us in on all of that. The, the, the game Saturday against Tennessee, it felt different. Like, I felt sorry for Florida and Auburn because – uh, it felt like the JV game. Like, people were coming in, but they weren't really into it. You know, the media people, a lot of guys weren't even sitting in seats, you know, for that game. I was. Uh, I, I was. It was. I thought it was a good game. But uh, it just had a different feel. And then, of course, the Blue Mist came in, and then Tennessee came in. And I, that's why I said to, um, you know, to Michelle, and, and I've said to everybody that um, – Imagine if Tennessee is good all the time. And I think yeah. as a Kentucky fan, everybody knows, born and raised Louisville fan, but even in the 20-plus years where I've been diehard bleed blue, look at how many teams have, like, risen up, challenged Kentucky, and then disappeared, right? You've talked before about, you know, Ray Mears being, you know, deified in Knoxville, and he was only 500 against Kentucky. And so yeah. – <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and and I'll go to my grave. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said I I just I struggled to to not laugh during the ceremony. I was trying to be respectful, but I I really expected a game or two or three above 500, and about choked when they say that. But yeah. <laughs> so what? Uh, and I always thought that when Arkansas came in under Nolan Richardson. I thought Arkansas was going to be that team. It was a flashy coach, uh, just like Patino. They were bringing in studs. They were playing that similar kind of style. I thought I thought Arkansas was going to be that team to, to finally challenge Kentucky year in, year out. So the atmosphere was great uh, against Tennessee. As I said, you know, Tennessee kept playing Rocky Top. The Go Big Blue chants were drowning it out, and it was a great game. Uh, 
once the game started, it was very high level. I mean, the, both teams hit their first, like, three or four shots, and I said to myself, this is going to be a good one. And it was. Uh, they was, It was, you know, using a boxing analogy, they throw a punch, we throw a punch. And, and both teams, after watching that game, you have to say, both teams could, could get the Minneapolis. Like, I don't know how you could look at that game and think, you know, not, not think that. Uh, and when Kentucky was up, you know, eight points with uh, just over three minutes left, I said to myself, okay, we got this. You know, and then there was the fifth foul on Reed, and things kind of unraveled from, from that point. Um, mm-hmm. So a couple of takeaways. Again, uh, you know, I know a lot of people were upset, uh, you know, Kentucky fans, you know, how rough it was. At the end of the game, I'm sitting there getting my stuff together, and Admiral Schofield, who I, I'm, I can't hate, I love that kid. If that kid was in blue and white, oh, my goodness, how we'd love him. Uh, but him and Grant Williams were about 15 feet in front of me singing Rocky Top as fans had come down <laughs> from the upper levels to the court side to sing Rocky Top with them. So however bad you thought your Saturday was, that's going to be tough to beat, man. <laughs> that's going to be tough to beat. <laughs> well, your your Wednesday in Indy is, gives that a run for its money, though, in the first game of the season. Right. Again, uh, for those who don't remember, yes, I was there for the Duke game, all 34-point <laughs> loss. Tina yeah. uh, Cox and I had snuck down to – being two rows from the floor, uh, we got there during the Kansas-Michigan State game, and we kept thinking, oh, they're going to make us move. They never did. And before the game started, they said, this is going to be fantastic. Except every Duke dunk in the second half was about 15 feet from my face. So <laughs> as bad as you felt, there by the Duke bench, by the Duke fans, and they weren't impressed with the Kentucky Wildcats, and I'll leave it at that. So yeah, that was pretty rough as well. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had a you had a couple this season, man. Sure had. Yeah, it, uh, it, let it, me it, let me ask you this because it, it seems like look and look, PJ's had some great moments, but there's been some games in his career he has balled out. And, and Kentucky's come up on the losing end. You know, he balled out against Seton Hall, and, and they lost that game. You were there for the Kansas State game, and we know about the free throws, but he kept them in the game. He balled out that game. Kentucky comes up short. Um, you talk about baptisms. You tweet about that baptisms a lot on Twitter. Uh, I think a fellow Harlan County and David Hibbert likes to tweet at you about the baptisms when, when a baptism occurs. The Kansas State PJ baptism, where he turns and faces on Dean Wade, jab steps, goes by him, baptism, compared to catching it on that left block, spinning baseline on Grant Williams' baptism. You were in the building for both. I would argue that if we're making a PJ Washington highlight compilation of his Kentucky career, both of those are near the front of the line. Compare and contrast both of those baptisms. Which one did you like better? You had the view in the building of both. Got to get your thoughts, Terry T.B. Brown. 
Well, you know, I, I'm moving on up because, you know, uh, I was right there on Saturday. So right in uh, the Kentucky basket, you know, I was even with the rim. So you remember that one, there was offensive foul on Keldon, which I didn't agree with, that he hit P.J. Uh, right there in that corner. He hit the three, it didn't count. But I was in line right with yeah. that. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I think uh, Hero hit a three from right there. So that's the, what he did against Tennessee, that one sticks out for me because that was right there in front of my face. So uh, there was the and one Keldon got where he, you know, he drove, got the foul, and one, and he turned and he's yelling at the crowd, you know, getting them fired up. It was all I could do to not just reach out and slap Bob. Like, yeah, I got you, buddy. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, covering the games is, is, is fun, but not being able to cheer is sometimes – it's brutal. I'll be honest with you. You know, I have to bite mm-hmm. my tongue a lot on, on calls I disagree with. I've got to sit on my hands, you know, when P.J. is dunking and me mugging. Uh, you know, I've got to it, – it's, it's tough to do. But the, what he did better – and he came in, he played well. I mean, P.J. played really, really well. Uh, it just – you know, there was that layup at the end, just couldn't squeeze it into the rim, uh, you know, uh, against Tennessee. But, you know, post-game, yeah. uh, the guys weren't dejected. They were upset, you know, to have that lead and not be able to close the door. They were upset. So, to, to me, I feel encouraged by that. I feel encouraged by what I saw post-game. Uh, Reed, uh, Travis has been, uh, going back to like Edward said, with with, uh, uh, with Albert Pujols. Uh, Reed, probably not the most talented kid on the team, but I don't think you can put a, a price tag on on what he does, if that makes sense. Uh, because yeah, oh no way, out, no way. Uh, you know he played tough defense. You know he hit that three at the end of the first half. Uh, you know, and, and and Sean Smith looked at me and he said, you know, we get the ball, start the second half. You get that first basket, and you've erased that five point lead. And Tennessee hasn't touched the ball, and and that's what happened. Uh, so uh, there's still some positives to, to go into it. I, I, I think uh, if you're superstitious, you know, 2012-96, didn't win the SEC tournament, uh, but got refocused for the, for the NCAA tournament, I think the same thing can apply here. Of course, you want to win all the games. Don't get me wrong. But there's some benefit. There's an extra day of rest uh, for the guys. There's, you know, they can, they're able to get back to Lexington for a little R&R before getting mentally and physically ready for the NCAA tournament, um, which is a nice segue to my Sunday afternoon. <laughs> so after the Cats lost, uh, uh, Tina Cox sent me a message, and you know, she said, hey, would you like to go to Cal's house? I said, yeah, obviously I'd like to go to Cal's house. And, and so you know, Cal has the watch party for the team and a lot of media folks uh, at his home. Uh, for the NCAA tournament. Uh, so I get there, same usual folks. You know, it's about 20, 25 media folks. And, uh, the funniest thing was we got there, and then the team showed up, and Kelvin was the first one in. And so he looks at Eric Lindsay, and he looks at the media folks, like, well, what's going on? And Eric says, well, that's a watch party. He's like, well, why are they here? He's like, well, they're going to watch you watch the <laughs> They're going to watch you as you watch the sh- as you watch the show. <laughs> And so I think Kelder was a little overwhelmed by that, but uh, the team was good. 
the team, they were nice and, and relaxed. Uh, watched the end of the Big Ten uh, title game. Uh, Michigan State winning that one, uh, you know, getting ready. So, it was, like I said, it was nice and crowded, and, and, and Eric directed some of us to the upstairs kind of over portion of, of Cal's house. And my whole thing was don't break anything, don't mess anything up <laughs> in their house. So, <laughs> so we're up there, and 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 and, and uh, Ellen, who was fantastic, you know, if you're not following her on Instagram, and she is, you know, busting the chops of Cal and the girls and and Brad, she is just a hoot and a half, and, and and everything. And so the thing was, you know, we're up there, me and Sean Smith, a couple other guys, and and Ellen's like, well, who let those people up there? And it's like now everybody's kind of looking at us. And I'm like, man, we're I, 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 you know, I thought we could be up here, you know, <laughs> and, and so, uh, so that, but that was fun, and, and uh, of course, it's not like we're waiting to get into the tournament, you know, it's kind of where, where we are, you know, uh, where we're going, and that kind of thing, and uh, it was, it was great, uh, Cal, as some of the teams are announced, uh, you know, see him kind of be happy for some of his coaching buddies that got in. I think the Belmont coach, uh, Belmont got in. Uh, Cal was happy for him because, you know, they practice at Belmont for the SEC tournament. Uh, mm-hmm. But, but once, once it was announced and Cal got his guys and let's go, he took them down to the basement, gave them a pep talk. Uh, then Reed, uh, Travis, and Kelvin Johnson came out and talked. And, and Reed uh, basically was like, this is why I came to Kentucky. You know, for all the things he did at Stanford, he never played the NCAA tournament. So kind of like everybody else, you know, the, the, the freshman, you know, he's, you know, he's excited about his first NCAA tournament. And to go in as, on, uh, as a favorite to win it, one of the favorites, uh, has got to be an awesome thing. So, uh, you know, some of the things I think we're, we're missing – you know, last year, maybe the year before, you know, Reed has, as we just talked about a few moments ago, what he brings, you can't measure and just, and just stats. He steadies the ship. He is the, mm-hmm. he's the anchor. And, and, uh, some, but some extra time for him being, uh, uh, with him being kind of steady and, and everything like that, I, I think has been, uh, you can't, can't be understated or overstated. So they're excited. Uh, Cal <laughs> came out afterwards, you know, so I'm at the patio with Cal's house, which is awesome. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and Swaggy Cal is back. I think he likes – I think he likes the scene. I think he um, – I, I think he kind of says, says he's got a good as good a shot as any to get back to the Final Four. Uh, there's no team in the tournament I'm scared of playing, and, and Cal's got to feel the same way. He's been swaggy. Uh, I loved his appearance on ESPN. That's become an annual tradition of him being, uh, you know, extra swaggy. You know, he's got the. I love how he has the the framed uh, All Star jerseys, Anthony Davis, Demarcus Cousins. <laughs> John Wall, you know, I, I love how you just have, uh, you know, kind of have that laid out, and, and let it be known, uh, we weren't allowed in the basement where all the basketball stuff is because someone asked Ellen, you know, where's all the, 
stuff. She said, oh, no, that's only allowed in the basement. So, uh, so like most of us understand, you know, Ellen kind of runs the runs the roost there. Uh, but, you know, those of us that have been married, are married, understand. That's kind of how it goes anyway. Uh, but it was a great time. Uh, there was extra food. So they say, hey, you guys can eat. I was like, I will eat. And a little bit of steak, a little bit of salmon, a little bit of chicken. Because uh, like, when am I coming back, you know? Uh, I knocked a little bit of the mac and cheese on the floor. And I, and it's I like, said, boy, what am I coming I back? Same, same thing. <laughs> yeah, like, what about coming back here? You know, so right, the the same, yeah. the floor, had, to, had to had to clean that up. Um, <laughs> but it was it was a fun time. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, we will uh, jump into some brackets here in a minute too. But first, got to segue. Can't not say this on the show. CJ Conrad got good news. Um, we we mentioned football earlier, but he had the health scare where it looked like his career was at the crossroads or his career may have come to an abrupt halt at the combine where he was looking to, you know, work out for teams and, and go through all the paces there. Wasn't able to do so. Heart condition, had to get tested and uh, just came out of nowhere. But he tweeted out that that he was back. Uh, UK's pro day is Friday, but he is uh, back and cleared and able to go. It's going to have a pro day of his own on April the 8th. So that is great news, no doubt a big relief for him and his family and his parents. And and now he can go ahead and and get back into training mode, into preparation mode for that draft. You mentioned the, the NFL draft in Nashville. That's what we were talking about. Uh, because it is right around the corner. As soon as we get done with March Madness, then it's the Masters. Next thing you know, it's the NFL draft, the NBA playoffs, and all that. So, good news. Glad to hear that for CJ's sake that he is able to to resume uh, his pro football NFL aspirations. Absolutely. And how, uh, I mean, again, we've talked about this before, but with the NFL draft coming up, with, with everybody dogging Kentucky, Last year, all of a sudden, I mean, I don't know if there's been a, 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 a year or a team where you go from nobody being drafted to, I mean, Josh Allen, how far, I mean, the third pick, is, I mean, is that how, he, he's going way before that. So, um, yeah, I, I just, it's, it's amazing that when we're talking about Kentucky and the NFL draft, like we're used to, Mock drafts with the uh, with, with the basketball guys, but football is 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 great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, definitely glad to hear that, and they wanted to mention that. And a couple things too. Look, there was there was a you know technical difficulty show that we missed. Uh, the one show technical difficulties where uh, you weren't able to be on there. That was my bad as well. A couple things just to, to backtrack before we get into into the bracket, um, and Syracuse is in the tournament. They are an eight seed playing Baylor out west. We didn't get to mention, you know, Bayheim after they played Louisville, you know, and uh, unfortunately he has the accident and, and takes a man's life. Um, that whole thing, and no doubt it will be brought up 
when the game kicks off uh, for Syracuse, uh, you mentioned Tina Cox was heading to Jacksonville, and I didn't know it until she wrote it. Her mother lost her life the same way, and she wrote it from that perspective. So it was just you know, unfortunate for everyone, and they had a moment of silence, and you know they were reaching out to the gentleman's family up there in Syracuse, but just didn't get to mention that and wanted to, and from all the perspectives involved, it was just totally something that you hate to ever hear about. And something that no doubt could happen at any moment. There's been times where, you know, driving to work, to work or from work, and it's dark, and there's somebody jogging or on a bike, and you're like, whoa, whoa. And you're up on people before you realize it. So things like this are too close to happening way too frequently is what I'm trying to, you know, trying to say. And, and unfortunately, that's what happens with Coach Bayheim, um, and it gets more notoriety for him being a high-profile person. But people in their everyday lives, no doubt, happen and have this on the road way more than it, it should be happening. Absolutely. And, and let me just say this uh, before we get into the bracket. Um talking about life and how precious it is and precious it is and how life is too short. Uh, on this date, 20 years ago, uh, my brother passed away. My brother, Kenneth Morris Brown, passed away. Uh, he had a brain aneurysm on the 19th and, and, uh, of March and then passed away on the 20th. Um, and so this time of year is always bittersweet because he was a basketball player. He was an all-district, all-region player uh, in high school. Uh, he went to Wagner High School here in Louisville, and he was a basketball fan, and, and he helped me uh, learn how to play the game, appreciate the game. He loved point guards. Um, his, his favorite point guard was Isaiah Thomas. He loved Isaiah Thomas, loved Zeke. Uh, but he was a big Louisville, big-time Louisville fan. He was at L when they won in 1980. There's a picture of him that my mother has in our scrapbook. He is, uh, when the bus came back from, I can't remember where the 1980 Final Four was, but when the bus came back in, he's on the front page of the paper greeting uh, the team as they came. Uh, He taught me basketball, uh, like I said, uh, how to play. Um, And and so it's always, this is always a bittersweet time uh, for me. because it was back in 99, we had just beating, uh, beaten Wally Zerbiak in the Miami, uh, Ohio. I think they were, were they were Redskins then? But anyway, uh, and my mom called to let me know. So there's always this, that bittersweet feeling uh, this time of year. But it's been 20 years. Um, it hasn't, I would, I would tell people it hasn't gotten any easier Um but he just loved basketball. And a lot of the things I'm doing now, I just think about how proud he would be of what I'm doing. You know, you know, the, the first thought when I talked to my mom about, hey, I met Magic Johnson. And she said, you know, your brother would really appreciate that. And I said, absolutely. So uh, not, to, not to get on a soapbox, not to derail anything, but, um, you know, hug your family because uh, you just you, you never know. Uh, when something like that will happen, uh, uh, but yeah, he he taught me my love of basketball, how to play basketball the right way, 
uh, we went to just so many games at U of L uh, in Freedom Hall and just uh, just love basketball. So uh, yeah, so not to get all downer and everything yeah. like that, but but following up, no, just appreciate sure. appreciate the time that you have. Uh, you know, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about my brother Kenneth and my brother Jimmy who also passed away. But but Kenneth was a big was a big basketball guy. Um and he he fostered my love of playing the game and, and watching the game. You know, we would watch you know, we'd go watch a high school game, you know, uh and everything. So again, not to not to not to, to get too too down and everything like that, but uh when it comes to the tournament I just I think about my big brother because he absolutely uh, loved it. Yeah, so much. Great big brother, and of course I can see you guys going at it about the magic and Zeke, and I'm on his side because that's my favorite point guard as well. Isaiah Thomas is, is my guy, so uh, when the Pistons fan, but definitely you can't, you know, kind of like Barry Sanders' dad and Jim Brown. Nobody was going to beat Jim Brown according to William Sanders. And I'm I'm kind of like that with Isaiah Thomas. You know, love all these other point guards, but, but Zeke is Zeke is just my dude. And, and Magic is the greatest point guard of all time. I, I get that. And it's no disrespect, but I'm just an Isaiah Thomas guy. So it's, uh, I completely see where he was coming from, for sure. Um, oh, yeah. So. And, uh, but, yeah. And definitely... Um, Thoughts. I continue with you and Mama B uh, as well. We'll switch it up too, and not you know forget about the women as we talk brackets. Kentucky women are going to be playing Saturday, playing Princeton, uh, eleven o'clock Saturday morning on ESPN two. Uh, Matthew Mitchell and company are the sixth seed in Raleigh. Uh, Pod playing the 11th seed, Princeton 22 and 9. Uh, Survival in advance, they get the winner of NC State in Maine on March the 25th. The number one seed in the Cats region is Baylor. Uh, the two is Iowa. Uh, NC State is the three. South Carolina, Coach Staley and them is the four. Florida State to five, Kentucky is the sixth seed. Uh, definitely wish the UK women the absolute best as they are back in the tournament uh, and looking to make some noise after having a very great, successful, positive bounce back season. Twenty four and seven, heartbreaking, disappointing end. One and done in the SEC tournament. Lost to Missouri. Uh, disappointing loss there. But they've been off for a few days and are no doubt ready to get it resumed again, ready to ramp it up again, uh, and, and make a deep run in the tournament. Yeah, Matthew Mitchell really got his team back on track. You have to love uh, the, you know, this this could be that launching point. We talked about this during the season. Uh, you know, the pride of your neck of the woods, Macy Morris, has put her name up there with 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 the the great uh, basketball players, male or female, that have come through uh, UK. So you definitely have to feel encouraged moving forward. But they've got work to do. 
they, there's still an opportunity, and you know I, I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later that uh, Kentucky is going to be able to join the list of teams that put their men and women in the Final Four in the same year. Uh, I, I think that that's no longer a pipe dream. That is a possibility uh, as we kind of look at the landscape. Maybe not this year, but I, I think they can win a couple of games. I'm talking about the U.K. women. I think they can do that. Uh, they play well. Their defense, they speed you up. And, and if Macy uh, Morris gets hot from three, which uh, I believe she led the country in three-point percentage, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it's three-pointers made. I know one of those one of those is true. I have to look that up. But if she gets hot, I think that's enough. And, and really, uh, like Edward said earlier, you, you can't look at it, got to win six games in a row. You've got to break the tournament down in different segments. And, and, you know, if, if Macy Morris gets hot, watch out. Just absolutely watch out. So uh, definitely wish them best in the women's draw. That's right. And she's experienced, ready for that stage. Uh, knows her last go-around. So know she's going to be locked in and ready to play. Uh, the moment won't be too big for her. Uh, and Ryan Howard is wise beyond her freshman year. As far as that goes, and if there was a one and done for the women, she would definitely fit that bill. So, uh, got a lot of talent and and pose a lot of problems for opponents uh, as they go forward in the tournament. On to the brackets. What's what's jumping out at you? You you kind of previewed uh, that you weren't that impressed with <laughs> that South region. What else are you looking at? What's, what else jumped out at you? We talked Patino versus Louisville and all that, but what else are you looking at uh, as we approach opening day of attorney in earnest tomorrow afternoon? Well, uh, just looking at the bracket starting in the east, I think it's it's kind of Dukes to lose. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think that um, I think they're going to come out of the east. But it's interesting. Travis Ford has the St. Louis Billikens back into the tournament. They're a 13 seed playing Virginia Tech. Uh, I haven't watched a lot of St. Louis. Uh, you know, my, my, my ex-wife went to St. Louis, so, you know, I paid attention to them. haven't watched them a lot the last few years. But to have them back in there is, is a tremendous step in the right direction for Ford, who a lot of folks assume was going to kind of be the heir apparent to the Kentucky job, you know, when he was rolling at Oklahoma State. Uh, and EKU. Uh, Michigan State, I just think they had a great win uh, in the Big Twelve, a big sorry, Big Ten uh, tournament. But I just think they're too banged up to, to progress. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I like LSU uh, playing Duke, uh, but Duke winning in the uh, Elite Eight. East. And I'm kind of the total opposite in the East. I, I somehow I like Michigan State to kind of suck it up and ride that momentum um, to a deeper. And I like, I don't see LSU going far. I got Michigan State going far. Tom Izzo was crabby about being put in there with Duke, uh, beating Michigan three times, and then they get stuck in there with Duke. One and eleven all time against Duke. 
but I got him knocking Duke off to go to the Final Four. Improbable run for the Spartans to play their way to Minneapolis. And I think schematically what Michigan State can do, and I'm not trying to discard Michigan State. I think they can do some things from a defensive scheme to offset Zion as much as possible. The, the way to do it is if you can kind of make him work for his, I think Duke, they play a lot of hero ball. I think R.J. Barrett shot 500-something threes this year. That's Unless you're Steph Curry, don't yeah. do that. But, and, and, and I think Duke takes a lot of bad shots. So if it's a close game, you're going to have a lot of hero ball, especially if you can contain Zion and frustrate him. But I, I think Duke comes out of the East. Looking speaking at the of, West, speaking of Speaking of talent hero, I mean, Mirren Fader for Bleacher Report wrote a great article on Tyler Hero and, and just chronicled everything from his high school in Wisconsin and his journey to Kentucky. The Wisconsin fans turning on him, all the death threats, when the detail about all that, the house getting vandalized and all the stuff him and his family went through once he decided to attend UK. I retweeted it on the show account and my personal account, Mirren Fader, M-I-R-I-N-F-A-D-E-R, Mirren Fader, Bleach Report, reader article, hate Tyler Hero all you want, but it's hard to hate his game. Great read, Mirren Fader. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that uh, it was a great article. Um, and just let you know how crazy people can be when a high school kid doesn't pick their team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and I don't want to get all high and mighty because we've all seen Kentucky fans take things a step too far. Yeah, that's true. But stay classy, everybody. But in this particular case, stay classy, Wisconsin. Right. Uh, no, I I, I I agree with you. Now, looking at the, the West bracket, I've got zero faith in Gonzaga uh, coming out just because. I think Gonzaga is good, but, man, if you don't play a good team for a long stretch, it's different. We saw that with Tennessee, uh, Kentucky, the first game. Tennessee had gone a month or so without playing anybody worth mentioning. And I think what happens is you're not used to the speed of the elite players, uh, and I think it takes a little getting used to. So I don't – have any faith in Gonzaga coming out? Um, that's just that's just me. Uh, who I do have coming out of the West, I've actually got Michigan. I think John Bayline is is he is becoming that that next really really good coach, um, and, and I think he's got his team ready to play uh, there in the maze and blue. So I'm definitely. Uh, excited about about that, but I, I think Michigan comes out of the West. That's who I've got. I have I, the that side, the East and the West is where I just kind of had just pure craziness. Um, I got former UK assistant, current Florida State coach. Leonard Hamilton and the Florida State Seminoles finally breaking through and making it to a Final Four. They got them knocking off Gonzaga. Uh, they've done it before. They beat them last year, if I'm not mistaken, or the year before in the tournament. They knocked them off. 
You got Florida State coming out of there. Um, beat Texas Tech to do that. Got, the, got Texas Tech knocking off Michigan. So uh, got Michigan State and Florida State on that side for me in Minneapolis. Okay. And putting out a poll as we speak. And I'm I'm doing Duke and Michigan on that side. Now the South. This is this is what I said. Do I trust Virginia? I do not. Do I trust uh, two seed uh, Tennessee? No, I do not. Do I trust three seed Purdue? I do not. Do I trust four seed Kansas State? No. Do I trust the five seed Wisconsin? No. So, I mean, Villanova being the six is not Villanova. So this is going to be the one. Uh, you know, if, if Virginia doesn't get to the Final Four this year, it's not going to happen. Virginia is in the mix with teams that have had a history, except Villanova here recently, but had a history of flaming out. If Virginia doesn't get to the Final Four, I, every sports writer that tweets anything or writes anything about Tony Bennett, I will respond with a, a, a gif of, ha-ha, Nelson Muntz from The Simpsons. Stop it. Stop it. I mean, <laughs> stop it. You know, there's last year, and, and, and this is the thing, too. Well, you know, that, that was just last year with UMBC. That's a big bleeping deal. I mean, I always, <laughs> always assumed that the team, a 16 seed beating a one, would happen at some point. But Virginia was never in that game. That's the thing is Virginia was just never in that game. At no point did you think, well, Virginia's going to turn this on. Like, it never – like, you never thought that. So, I'm not going with Virginia. I'm not going with uh, 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 Tennessee. Honestly, you know, coming from this bracket, it's going to sound crazy, and I joked about it earlier, but I'm going to say the the winner of the Cincinnati-Iowa matchup <laughs> – is going to the final four. I'm going with Iowa Ooh. because why not? Why not? I'm going with Tennessee <laughs> to Iowa to come out of the Ooh. South region. There, I know. That's my hot take. Wow. Now, this just means that they will get blown out by Cincinnati in the first round. That's all this means. <laughs> I'm putting a poll out, too, as we speak to those points. Uh, gonna let it run for several days. If you just got to got to got to pick one, who do you have more faith in to make a run, Gonzaga or Virginia? So that poll is gonna be coming out right now on Cats Talk Wednesday on Twitter, Cats Talk W E D. Vote on it. If you gotta pick one, who you picking? And we I know Gonzaga's made some runs and kind of broke through, but we remember back in the day, you know, Mark Few's great, and then they you know, go thirty and two and flame out. Um, so they, their track record of not doing well is still more extensive than when they have done well. So who are you picking, Gonzaga or Virginia? Now, you went crazy on the South region. Mine is where I'm kind of I'm chalk over there. I was crazy in the East and the West. I got Virginia uh, and Tennessee playing uh, to go to Minneapolis. Uh, you know, Cincinnati and Columbus could definitely be be tricky. Um, I'm sure they're probably not thrilled about that, you know, for Tennessee to play Cincinnati, hop on the jump from Cincinnati. 
uh, if that's the case. But I got Tennessee coming out of that South region, and they, they finally make it to their first Final Four in program history. Uh, the Elite Eight will no longer be the furthest they've ever made it uh, down in Rocky Top. Okay. I, I you know, uh, they would need, I think, honestly, they would need something for Tennessee to have two back-to-back, you know, great years by Tennessee standards and not have anything to show. Uh, you know, again, that's a ha-ha moment for me. Uh, but I, I don't know if I right. can say they'll make the final four, you know. Uh, well, look, you know, they were great last year. And and then yeah. you know, kind of a so-so Kentucky team beat them in the SEC tournament. So yeah. there's that. And you know now, how you know how I feel about Tennessee. And, and look, uh, it's hard for me to look at them objectively. I just like them the most in the conference. Um, and you know, this is kind of their window, and they they might not make it. But like you said, this is this is their best team two years in a row. Uh, probably going to drop back after these guys leave after this year, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, yeah. What you got for the Midwest? And look, if anything goes past eight o'clock, it'll be up on the podcast. Um, you know, we we stay live on the air till eight, and then everything else you can catch it on the podcast wherever podcasts are available, and it replays on Twelve Ounce Sports Thursday night and Saturday afternoon. But on to the Midwest. Kentucky. That's where I'm at as well. And look, look, man. Let me just say this: I'm not trying to be part of the fan police, but I have never, in 20 years, 20 plus years, filled out a bracket without Kentucky winning. I don't care if it was the Billy G years, uh, you know, the NIT with Nerland. I didn't fill out a bracket because I'm not writing anybody in the middle of the bracket, a championship. I'm not, I'm not writing anything but Kentucky, period. I'm not writing anybody but Kentucky. I've got Kentucky over Carolina uh, to get to the Final Four, but it's Kentucky. So, sorry, Ohio State, Iowa State, Kansas, Northeastern, New Mexico State, Auburn, Utah, Washington, Iona, Carolina, <laughs> Walford, Seton Hall, Houston, Georgia State, Abilene Christian. It doesn't matter who you are. It's all cats, everything cats by 90. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I, I would be pulled over if you were fan policing because I used to do that, but some, I mean, if I go with my how I feel and sometimes it's I will, if I don't think they're going to make it, I won't pick them to make it, even though I hope I'm wrong. We had this, I think we said this last year. Uh, but this year, uh, I do feel that they can get out of that region. Uh, even if I don't pick them, that doesn't mean I'm hoping for them to any less than anybody else. But uh, you, know, you take you take the Anthony Davis approach to your bracket, Uh and I will, you know, depending on the year, like last year I did not pick them to to come out of their region. Even and we all knew that, you know, this is like kind of a sweet 16 type of team. We talked about it multiple times. So uh, it's all in how you do it. But I got them coming out this year. And it is chalk again for me in the Midwest. I got them 
you know, avenging the loss of Memphis to North Carolina a couple of years ago. Um, and two, TB, we, another thing we didn't get to talk about, Kansas' streak of Big 12 regular season titles came to an end. I feel like, you know, that starts mentioning and, you know, you, you like to poke fun at the Jayhawks. So uh, we just got to mention that before the tournament starts as well. Absolutely. Uh, you knew at the end, but it's one of those things with all that regular season success, you would hope at some point there would be maybe a, a measure, <laughs> if you will, of postseason. And Kansas has had some good runs, but not what you would think. So, uh, you know, tip your hat to them. But talking about Kansas and being the four seed, we, we talked about, you know, uh, I think with Edward, the pressure is off Kansas. Kansas gets to do what Kentucky did in 2014 and 2011. And that's something that's rare for those teams. They get to play the underdog card, right? Mm. I mean, how often does Kansas come into a a, a, champ and not be talked about at all? You know, so that's something that that Bill Self gets to put in his arsenal that – is unusual. And, and just like Kentucky had the 2011-2014 run, I, I think Kansas, if they can get to Kansas City, that that's going to be a tough out for whoever they have to play. Yeah. I, I got Auburn knocking them out. I don't, I don't think it's just going to pan out for them this time around. It's just been a struggle all year. Not an injury bug hit them. You know, losing Azubuki, the big man, and, and, you know, they got controversy swirling and ineligible players and, and uh, Gerald Vick leaving and whatever else they got going on. I just think it's going to be too much uh, for them to kind of overcome, and it all catches up with them in the second round against the fighting Bruce Pearls and them. And Auburn is going to be hot like they were against Tennessee from deep. I think Kansas is, is two and done. Got Kentucky and Tennessee round four. Um, you got Kentucky winning that, and I have Michigan State beating Florida State. I'm setting up Kentucky Michigan State championship game. Uh, I've got Kentucky and Duke in the championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. Selfishly, I want to beat Duke again. <laughs> That's being so. Uh, I want another shot. I, I think that if it's Kentucky and Duke, that, you know, Bird and Magic being in the championship, you know, back in 79, that becomes like the de facto top game, what have you. I think Kentucky versus Duke in this rematch, uh, I, I think you break some ratings records. Honestly, I think it becomes a hot ticket, uh, yeah. uh, uh, and I like it, and I like our chances of doing it. Uh, a lot of people, you know, in Kentucky land, <laughs> if you will, uh, well, I don't want to play Duke. I do. I want another shot. Look, man, if you have been yeah. – and, and look, we talked about it earlier. I was in Indy, right, when <laughs> 34 points. Nobody knows that more than those guys. 
And I watched some Duke games since then. Duke hasn't played any better than they did that first night. And Kentucky hasn't played any worse. So don't get caught up in the 34 points and all that kind of stuff. I, 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 you know, for, for my money, I, give it to me. And for all the marbles, give it to me. Give it to me. Now, will my heart be able to take it you know, if I'm there in person? <laughs> Probably not. But there's other, you know, there's that, hey, if I got to go, I got to go. You know, but seriously, <laughs> I, I think, and again, that's the storybook finish. I don't care if we beat whoever it is on the other side, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, who, whoever. You know, a, a championship is a championship. And I've seen people, uh, not a lot, but some people, you know, the 98 team, you know, we didn't beat any sexy teams on the way to the 98 title. You know, beat Duke in the Elite Eight, but the Final Four, you know, Stanford, Utah, I mean, that's kind of blah, right? Uh, but look, man, championships count the same. Like, it doesn't matter who you beat. Did you win the NCAA championship? I couldn't tell yeah, you. Kentucky's and, and, four, four, uh, the first four championships, I don't know who we beat. I mean, I remember Goose got loose against Duke in 78. And I remember, you know, yeah. 96 and 98 because I was watching those games. But you don't get extra for beating, <laughs> you know, a, a quote-unquote <laughs> name team. So, and, uh, and, and Tubby gets shade and all that, but that 98 team was like 35 and 4. You know, and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of talked about as, you know, just a group of, of leftovers, not as talented, and they weren't as talented, but any year you win 35 games, it, <laughs> you know, it's, you got to be looked at as more than just a, a social team. It wasn't like Tubby went, you know, twenty four and thirteen and won a title. Thirty five and four. We talking about here. And and they won the SEC regular season and tournament. This, and and, I, and listening to some of uh, some people talk, you know, that team kind of just they got one of those fluke teams like you know the UConn special where they weren't really good for most of the season. And then got hot. No, that team was good from the jump. I mean, they dropped a, a you know game against Louisville. And I think there was an Ole Miss game. There were some couple of, but I mean that was a good team. Probably should have been, you know, for my money, uh, seated a little bit higher than a two. But you know, Duke had to play Kentucky, obviously. So for for my money, that was a very good team. And and people just misremember uh, either. Willingly or unwillingly, uh, about that team. That '98 team was good. I don't think any other coach in the country wins a title with that team, besides Tubby Smith. Absolutely, it was just a perfect Absolutely. mixture of of team and 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 coach. So uh, mm-hmm. that's where I am on that. But but this year I, I feel confident. Uh, you know, as I said earlier, I always fill out my bracket with Kentucky winning it. Some years with more conviction than others. Like, I don't want people to say, you know, well, TB, no. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that. Um, I'm not, not going to sit here and tell you that last year, with all the conviction in my heart, you know, I, I put Kentucky in. I, some years I just do right. it out of habit. This year I'm doing it right. because exactly. I legitimately see 
this team, as constructed, and you talked about that article about Tyler Hero. I believe, I mean, I know I read it, but I need to put it back on uh, uh, social media, uh, you know, retweet it, whatever. These, ki- these guys are built for this. Like, the moment is not going to be too big for this Kentucky team. You know, this is why P.J. Washington came back. This is why Tyler mm-hmm. Hero said no to Wisconsin and yes to Kentucky. And, and he has been lights out on the road. And, you know, and, and then uh, I think they've learned a very valuable lesson against Tennessee. They were up late and in control. And I think mentally, I don't want to say they took their foot off the gas and put on the brakes, but maybe they let up a little bit of pressure on that gas pedal. And a good team, yeah. if you do that, they will send you home. And that's what yeah. uh, I wrote about in my write-up, is if you leave that door open, a good team will push its way through. Mm-hmm. You know, most teams I mean, they, in that is, situation. You got to give them credit. They closed on an 18-6 run. So, I mean, <laughs> you know. And if, if they start the game with that, and we, we saw Kentucky in the tournament against Louisville get down 18-5, to 20-5, you're like, oh, my goodness. You know, it's concerning, and you got to regroup and, and dig in because you just got punched in the mouth. Well, Tennessee closed with that, and there's no time to regroup because the game's over. It's just happened in the last three minutes. Right. And so uh, I think they have, they've learned you've got to, as they say, you've got to finish them. That's where it becomes, yeah. like, like Cam talks about, you've got to take that eight-point lead to 12. Like, if you're up eight with three mm-hmm. minutes, you've got to say, let's get two stops, let's get two buckets, because 12 points with two minutes remaining is different than six points with two minutes remaining. So mm-hmm. uh, I think they understand time and score a little bit more. Um, again, the time off, this is the most time they've had off, you know, all season. Uh, so to get, you know, everybody's talking about PJ's, uh, PJ's foot reads uh, his uh, his knee and everything, so you knee. get as healthy as you can get, and then you move forward because this is this is what it's all about. And I, I think um, there's a there's no coach I'd rather see coaching my team than John Calipari. Uh, I think that should go without saying, but obviously it doesn't. I mean, really, the only knock you can say is. We has you know you probably should have a couple more titles, but when it comes to the tournament, and this is let me get on my soapbox a little bit. I know we're running late, but my soapbox is this: people can dislike the University of Kentucky men's basketball team. That's okay. I don't care. They can talk about the coach, talk about the players. You can talk about the fans. I don't care. But if you're going to say something, be factual. Because I see people, saw a lot of Tennessee fans. After they get a little chesty after the game on Saturday, well, you know, Kentucky's going to have another early exit from the tournament. Really? Really? <laughs> another? That happens a lot? Really? I saw somebody say, well, you know, they're going to lose in the Sweet 16, you know, again. As if that's a year recurrence. Like, like, keep in mind, even if we don't make the Final Four this year, 40% of Cal teams at Kentucky have gone to the Final Four. Get one this year, that's 50%. You know, <laughs> nine seasons, four Final Fours and two more Elite Eights. That ain't bad. 
that's not bad. And you can't convince me that with a healthy New Orleans Noel in 2013, that team is not, one, in the tournament, and two, they could win a game or two. What do you mean? Because Nerlens was that great defensively. He could have won a game in the first round by himself. I'll go down believing his game against uh, Ole Miss, where he had, what, like nine or ten blocks, whatever it was, with four fouls. Twelve. It was one of the greatest defensive games. It was 12? Yeah. It was one of the greatest yeah. defensive mm-hmm. games I have ever seen on any level. Like, he just he – he shut him down. Like I, That was just one of those nights – like like Meeks getting 54 and just kind of where are you kind of moments. So what I'm saying is you can say all these things about Cal and Kentucky, but when people – look, I'll, when it comes to football, I'll listen to Tennessee fans even talk about football. Well, y'all just got a 10-win season. Yeah, I know. And, and you can talk about women's basketball for Tennessee because what a Pat Summit did. Yeah, I get it. If you're an LSU fan, you can talk trash about baseball, right? You know, Florida can talk about softball. Mm-hmm. They won championships. I will listen and entertain that trash talk. But if you are talking about men's basketball, don't don't do it. Don't 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 talk about Kentucky in the tournament. Number one, That's nobody's won more NCAA tournament games than the University of Kentucky. Period. In stop. Right? Only one team has more titles. Period. In stop. Look, if your team doesn't have five or six titles, I'm not even hearing what you say about the NCAA tournament. How do you know? <laughs> As a Tennessee fan, yeah. what do you know about the NCAA tournament besides watching it on TV? What do you know? <laughs> even if you're a Gonzaga fan, what do you know? Well, we were runner up. Cute, cute, runner up. Cute, cute, right. You know, so <laughs> if you're not on a very short list, I'm not entertaining your trash yeah. talk because it's not factual. Well, Kentucky always plays yeah. out. Pardon my language, but no, the hell we don't. <laughs> no one has more NCAA tournament wins since Cal's been here than Kentucky and John Calipari. Nobody. There's that graphic that, that, that Big Blue Express put out. When you look at just total wins, second only to Kansas since Cal's been here. Tournament wins, nobody. Final fours, nobody has more final fours. So, we can say, should Cal have one more title or one more Final Four? Probably. But let's not act like it's been a disaster and then Kentucky flames out every year. Stop that. That's exactly. dumb. And when you say stuff like that, it makes me think, you don't know anything about basketball. Again, I'll entertain exactly. if people say, hey, you know, probably should have won in 15, probably should have won 26. I get that. Okay, we can have that discussion. But Kentucky always goes out early? Compared to who? Compared to what? <laughs> you, there's not an era in college basketball where Kentucky has been just abjectly mediocre in the NCAA tournament. It, it, exactly. it, point to it. You, you don't get more wins than anybody else by being mediocre in the tournament. Like, that doesn't happen. Well, you know, most of your wins came back in the 40s and 50s. <laughs> really? Because Cal's had the most wins. <laughs> Uh, since he's been here, and I'm pretty sure Patino had a lot of tournament wins with, during his run in Kentucky. So, really? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm off my soapbox a little bit because I just I get aggravated when, when, when people try to ta- trash talk, and it's not factual. You know, right. there's no Mercers or Lehigh's on K 
cows uh, register here in Kentucky. Coach K got them. Mm-hmm. There's no Bucknell. Yeah. There's no Northern Iowa with Ali uh, Ali Farukamesh <laughs> and all these teams that uh, you had to look yeah. and, and see who they were to beat Kansas. We don't have those. <laughs> Kansas State yeah. is probably what the most nondescript team to eliminate Kentucky from the tournament, right? Because if you look at Kansas State. Under Cal. Under Cal. Under under Cal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could could say, Um, well, who's West Virginia? They were a Final Four team in 2010. Eventual national champion in 2011. mm I understand 2012, nobody beat us. 2013, didn't make it. But 2014, a national championship caliber team. 2015, national Mm -hmm. runner-up caliber team. 2016, that's Indiana, and they were the Big Ten champions. So Kansas State yeah. is the most nondescript mm-hmm. team to put Kentucky out. Right. And we've heard of right. Kansas State. It's no Mercers or Lehigh's or, like, where? There's no Weber State to put Kentucky out. So exactly. hate, but hate responsibly. That's all I'm saying. So I'm off my soapbox. That's right. I know I ran over. I do apologize uh, for that, folks. But had a lot to say. Had a lot on my chest to talk about. Because, you know, me, yeah, and, me and Magic good. Are, are good friends now. Uh, got to hang out with John and Ellen at their house on Sunday. So, TB's feeling so, himself a little bit. That's right. And we weren't on last week, so it was just a bunch of carryover. So, yeah, you had a lot to say. And then closing, I'll just kind of reiterate what Tom <laughs> Leach has been saying all year long. It's, it's similar to the 74-75 team. You know, Kentucky gets blown out by Duke to start the season. 74-75 team played at Bloomington, third-ranked Indiana. It was their third game of the season, so still early. wasn't the first game. Went up to Indiana, got blown out 98-74. to And I think he, he's had Kevin Grieving, those guys on the show, and they talked about how they kind of had to regroup and get it all back together. And these are veteran guys. You know, Cal had it with a bunch of freshmen and PJ trying to do the same thing after playing Duke. They, you know, get it rolling again. And in that season, they went 26-5, and five, made it to the uh, the title game, came up just short against UCLA, uh, lost 92-85 in Wooden's last game. So UCLA was in kind of like win one for the Gipper mode. But in route to going yeah. to that title game, yeah. they played Indiana in the Mid-East Regional Final and beat them. Indiana was ranked number one, beat them 92-90. to 90 after suffering that 98-74 to 74 beatdown. So that just goes to your point about, you know, Kentucky won another shot at Duke. Uh, everybody was hoping for it to be in Louisville. That's not going to be the case. But wherever it is, you get your tail kicked and you want to play them again and, and atone for that. So in the, that sense, this team and the 74-75 team kind of have uh, some stuff in common. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'll be here around town watching the games. Uh, it's going to be interesting tomorrow. Little Miss is in a play tomorrow night that starts at six. So, so we'll see about that. Those. Yeah, but you know, I, exactly. she said, "Are you coming?" I said, "I'm going to come." I said, "I'm not going to have my phone out." Uh, you know, I'm I'm dad first, and everything else comes after that. So. Um, That's right. That's right. 
Uh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. What, what kind of dad would I be to not go to a thing so I can watch the game? No, 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 I'm not doing that. So, but I'm going to be excited uh, to see they get to get that first game jitters out of their way. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and didn't talk about this, but after a quiet game against Bama, I love Keldon Johnson against Tennessee. He's going to be that X factor. We've been waiting kind of all season for that game where it all comes together for Keldon. And I think we're going to see that game against in the tournament. We're going to see that game. Like Ron Mercer in 96, his first 20-point game was a, was a title game. So That's uh, right. if you're going to have right. a breakout game, this is, this is the stage. Uh, Hero is solid. P.J., uh, foot issues notwithstanding, over the last 20 minutes of the Tennessee game, he was the best player on the floor, and you can't convince me otherwise. He was grabbing man's rebounds. He was scoring. He was doing a lot of things right. So I feel really good. Ashton hasn't been as, as, as flashy as maybe he was during that stretch of the season, but he's played pretty solid. Yeah. He had 12 assists against yeah. Tennessee. That ain't garbage. So we're trending in That's the right, right. direction. That's right. By the time we rejoin everybody on uh, uh, next week, I have a feeling that we'll have a couple of NCAA tournament wins and we'll be looking ahead to uh, what happens in Kansas City. Absolutely. And, yeah, Keldon, Keldon's finishes against Tennessee, that one where he went baseline and double pump off a tough angle and banked it in. His finishes were really impressive. You know, I mentioned on the show you know, down at Florida, every time he went in, trying to go to the rim, he was getting everything blocked. He wasn't even drawing fouls. So to see that improve is good. Uh, and I agree with you seeing it all come together for him because he's that explosive, dynamic wing player. Uh, you kind of see it coming. And and Ashton did have a good 12 assist game. If I had to pick probably my most concerning thing, you know, outside of Reed going down, it would be Ashton. He has been kind of up and down. Uh, quickly is, is kind of training in the right direction again. But just of all of Cal's point guards, outside of 2013, uh, Ashton probably is, isn't up there as all the rest of them, you know, the Twins and Wall and Euless and Fox and all those guys. So Ashton would be the thing I'd be concerned about. Uh, but kind of the point guard by committee thing between him and Quickly, you, know, you hope that takes off. Cal himself even said he, he wished they were a little bit more empowered, where at this point you, you see guys just kind of grabbing the reins a little bit more. That hasn't happened. But despite that, I still see them being capable uh, of stringing two, three two-game spurts together, three two-game weekends together. Uh, to do what they need to do to win six games. So, super fun show. Enjoy every bit of it. Enjoy the play and then getting back to the games. You know, if you miss Thursday, you'll be, we look forward to it on Saturday uh, when we find out what time it is. Uh, best travels to our friends Tina and Michelle as they're en route down there. Um, thanks to Michelle for calling in. Thanks to Edward Perez coming in as a guest. Look forward to doing it all again next Wednesday. Glad to be back on with you. Sorry for my technical gaps last week. Had a blast and can't wait till next Wednesday, TV. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you to our sponsors, especially Aaron Huff. 
He's a 49ers fan and yes, a Cubs fan, so there, so there we go. Yeah, have to get him on uh, if he'd be willing to come on. Yeah, everybody makes mistakes as far as NFL teams. That's all good. Hey, Randall Cobb is the Cowboy. Didn't get to that. Have to talk about that next weekend, but welcome him to Cowboys Nation. Uh, for my man, Sierra TV Brown, thanks again to our guest. We will be here next week. If you missed us now, catch us on 12 Hour Sports Radio tomorrow night or Saturday afternoon. We'll be right back doing it all again next Wednesday. Cat Talk Wednesday, Vinnie Hardy, Terry Brown, Brownie Hardy Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com. Catch the podcast where the podcasts are available. We'll see everybody next Wednesday.